That was very tender. Yeah. Hello. I'm actually I'm nice. crying right now. <laughs> Tears are streaming down my face. Welcome to We Bought a Mic. The sensual episode of We Bought a Mic. Um, I am Ernest Calderon. I am Hunter Mobley. Drew Dietzen is uh, hiding. He's watching Solo right now, actually. Really? <laughs> no. That's why he couldn't make it, because he's watching Solo for the fourth time, because oh, he yeah. loves yeah. Star Wars so much. Do you guys remember like that thing? three month period where you're just wearing the same solo shirt every day yeah like just watching it wearing the same one every time he just he at one point he just had a loop of the solo trailer playing in his room <laughs> constantly and every time it would come on he'd be like the castle run the castle run so yeah so he'll hopefully be joining us next week after he watches it for the 11th time but until then we have Harry back. Hi, it's me, Harry Sayer. Number number three. Number three. Th- this is number three. Third time's the charm. So you are you have joined the three timers club. Three timers club. Fantastic. Oh yes. So yeah, uh, talking solo today, but before then, a whole bunch of other things. Uh, we're going to be talking some music, uh, introducing a little book corner here. Book corner and uh, the news. So let's just get right into it because it's a fuck ton of stuff to talk about, and we're just going to try to get through it quick. So first. We got new games announced from Bethesda and Nintendo. What do you got, Hunter? Um, so first up from Bethesda, we have a uh, Fallout seventy six, which this game has actually been rumored since I believe December. It started as like a four chan thing where a guy was just like, "Hey, like I have insider knowledge that there's going to be a new Fallout game coming out um, this year, and it's online multiplayer game called Fallout seventy six." This was all someone on on four chan on four chan like an anonymous user on four chan. I had no idea. Yeah. At all. Oh, so, I didn't know either. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that it's been kind of in the room rumor mill for a while and then people eventually just kind of dismissed it just because it's like yeah well whatever anybody can say anything on 4chan Mm -hmm. um and then since since then it was released this whole thing that they're making fallout 76 so then they got went back and kind of looked through some of the other stuff that he's saying since now he kind of has a little bit of levity to his uh or a little bit of gravity to his statements that he's making um and I am so bummed out by this <laughs> well, game. Well, there, there's a, a huge rumor that it's going to be a battle royale, right? It's not going to be a battle royale. I, don't know. Um, I think that what they're going to do, um, according to the latest reports and everything, of course, they're going to wait to unveil it at E3 this year. That's when we'll get the first actual look at mm-hmm. it. But it looks like it's going very heavy on it being an online multiplayer game, like Elder Scrolls Online. I never kind of played style. that. You're okay. It's yeah. You don't need to. It's like perfectly like forgettable and fine. And it the problem is, is that Elder Scrolls Online is actually making Bethesda a lot of money. So they're like, well, the this, this is what people like. Membership. Yeah, microtransactions. And according to uh, from what I've heard, they will still have like basic quests and like things that you do that are similar to all Bethesda kind of games. But it's going to be like mainly focused on the online multiplayer aspect of it and a lot of uh, building, settlement building. You know, that was actually one of my favorite parts of Fallout 4 is like building and and just going crazy with like 
beefing up your settlement. I had a lot of fun with that. Um, the other kind of more action-y stuff got a little bit too repetitive for me in that game. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the story, but going around and just like shooting things and people it just it's it, lots of like fetch quest kind of shit. style yeah it, it does get very repetitive I, I honestly had fun just like building the settlements and you trying know, to go crazy and creative with, I, i've with never it. actually heard that before but <laughs> something every day yeah i mean I, I thought the building stuff was was basically fine i didn't really do too much of it and now that kind of it seems like they're focusing a big part of this new game on that fine yeah <laughs> like, I, I hate to be a bummer but you know yeah, I, uh, I, I'm I kind of in the same boat as you, Harry. Like, I did a little bit of building at first, and I was just like, this is fun, and then I got bored, and I was like, I just want to, like, go out and, like, shoot some fucking ghouls or something yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> the end of the day, that's kind of what I think a Fallout game is, more than settlement building, but according to the trailer that we saw, you kind of hear this little, like, voice in the background, like, a little message that's just like, it's now time to, like, go out. You've It's the citizens rebuild. of Alt 76 and yeah. rebuild the wasteland, okay. which sounds like it's going to be very very heavy emphasis on settlement but what could what could fallout bring to multiplayer that would make it you know kind of engaging and innovative like that's a great question because that those games are so good so you know coming into a multiplayer there's never been a fallout multiplayer right no this will be the first one so what do you guys think that they could introduce through the fallout brand i guess into multiplayer well, that's that. kind of the, the question right because you know it, it you know if you go to me and say what you know what is fallout you know i'd probably say single player you know rpg i wouldn't yeah. say massive multiplayer online with a game with online components you know and i, I just i can't picture in my head what it would be doing to make it to to justify this shift now i'm saying I mean, if it's a side project, if this is like a side game they're doing it while I mean, they're calling the it thing. 76. Yeah, so. yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm curious. I'm very curious, I'll be honest about that, because I'm just like, what made you all want to take this new route besides, I guess, you know, making money? Because, like, uh, Elder Scrolls Online. At the very yeah, at the very that. least, we're, we're curious. Curious. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to hold off, like, completely dismissing this game until we see it in action at yeah, E3, yeah. which I know that they're going to do, like, actual big reveal. gameplay, big reveal, yeah. all that stuff. Because I think they released the teaser and stuff, but... There hasn't actually been a launch date or anything like that, which I believe it's slated for next year. End of no, 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 for this year for end of October, beginning of November. That's pretty cool. Well, tell us about uh, Pokemon. So the other big uh, announcement for games that we had this week was uh, we had Pokemon announcing two uh, coinciding games: uh, Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee. So, leading up to this, we were all kind of thinking that this was going to be the first mainline Pokemon game coming to the Switch, which um, the Pokemon company has announced that that's coming out actually next year, that they're going to do their kind of their next generation. So, this kind of looks like a hybrid between the classic Pokemon style game and Pokemon Go. Which, whoa, whenever that sounds awesome. Whenever, okay, so whenever I first heard it. I just heard that it wasn't another generation Pokemon. I was honestly bummed out about it until I saw the trailer. And the trailer I for it seen is it honestly it's nice. like it's cool. it's a really cool trailer. Like you can link it up. So to you your... carry the switch around and you use is there a camera no. on no, no, the no, switch? No, 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 no. The way it's not you don't have to walk around in the open world to actually use it. There's a map in the game okay. that you walk around on, but you walk around and there's no wild Pokemon battles or anything like that. You yeah, walk around, yeah. you'll see the Pokemon in the grass, and then you like catch it like you're 
Okay. You doing actually more, like you're doing a Pokemon Go. physical Pokemon in the grass rather than like a random encounter, which okay. is going to be weird. But I'm curious. I don't yeah. have a switch. So there are like trainer battles. I'm not sure if there's going to be gyms or anything like that. Yeah. But um, I think that it has a lot of potential. One of the other cool things about it is you can actually link the game up to Pokemon Go, and you can like if you capture a Pokemon oh. in real life, you can use that Pokemon in the game. That's pretty cool. I which is really pretty good. dope. Yeah, that's or like really vice so it's, versa, it's I'm gonna, assuming. It's going to like encourage people to re-download Pokemon I Go. mean, honestly, like I saw yeah. it and I was like, shit. <laughs> I never Nintendo, did catch that Charizard. Charizard. Uh, he found a way to get me back into Pokemon yeah. Go, which I honestly, I thought that I was just kind of out on Pokemon Go, but then I saw this and I was like, well, I mean, you know, maybe if I can capture like... <laughs> I, you know, if, if I capture like some cool, a cool ass legendary Pokemon, then I can just bring it into the game and just fuck up yeah. trainers. If I with catch it, a Rhyhorn on the way to the supermarket, maybe I can start putting it on the Switch. Yeah, exactly. Thing, like, you know? I think that's really cool. It definitely has some potential. I don't know how, like. And it's a remake of the uh, Red and Blue, right? Same gen? I, I believe it's like an actual. Thinks. Oh, the, the yeah, map I, I is think the that same. the map is yeah, the yeah, same. Like the same gym leader. You know, I believe that Kanto, you're right. Um, I'm not sure though how that's going to work. If that means that it's only Gen One Pokemon in the game, I'm sure they'll mix it in. You know? Or maybe they'll at least start with Gen One, and they'll yeah, do like some yeah, kind yeah, of updates yeah. and stuff like that. Nintendo is all about like they always do free DLC and stuff like that on their games, unlike pretty much any other game company. Yeah, um, cool. But yeah, I uh, I'm I'm at least I'm really intrigued by this. I think that it has good prospects. I was a little bit disappointed whenever I heard it wasn't that mainline Pokemon game that I thought that we were getting this yeah. year. But it also makes Do sense Do those for... sell well? Because they, well, they pumped out so many of them. Oh, just the games in general? Yeah. The Pokemon yeah. games? Oh, yeah. um, well, I mean, I, don't know as much as I now, think but... it was X and Y are the highest selling games on the 3DS. Okay. I know like lots and lots of people bought a 3DS only to play like yeah. new Pokemon games. I was one of them. Yeah. So, <laughs> See? Yeah. It yeah. worked for me, you know? Um, they they just have a winning formula because it's kind of the same thing every time, but it's they kinda, introduce it well, little. It's, it's kind of like Nintendo's Call of Duty in a way okay. that they release a new one every year. If it's not a quote unquote new one, it'll be like X like or Black Two or White right. Two. It'll be like a remixed, like slightly updated yeah. version of the same game. But they pretty much do it, except for I think. 2015 and 2006 or 2008, they've released a new Pokemon game every single year. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, they've got their formula, you know, one way or the other. It's kind of a tried and true thing. But they, I do think since, I think, X and Y, they've been kind of experimenting with a bit more, just kind of tweaking it enough. You know, it's, 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 uh, I, I'm interested to see the changes they do for this new game. I w- always wanted to play Sun and Moon just because I actually heard that the story mode in that game is awesome, it's but I don't story. have a 3DS. <laughs> so, like, I've just never gotten a chance to play it. I was really hoping whenever they said, because. A few hours before uh, the official announcement for Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee came out, uh, they said it was rumored like, hey, Nintendo is going to announce two Pokemon games today, like two different Pokemon games coming out in different years. And I was really hoping that we were going to uh, get a Sun Moon remix on the Switch, like uh, remastered for that, but didn't get that, but oh well. All right. This next little bit of news is uh, <laughs> just the product of the strange times that we live in. This is why I'm here. I'm Apparently, uh, Mr. James Marston himself <laughs> has been cast in a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which we knew has been in production. I know uh, Tim Did Miller we? from um, from Deadpool? the first Deadpool yeah. is involved in it. I don't think he's directing it, 
but he is like one of the lead producers on it. Can't wait for Sonic to break the fourth wall uh, <laughs> and just come, just run through the do, screen. Do you think Sonic the knows he's in a movie? I think he's gonna bring <laughs> it up. Apparently, to James Marston is not playing Sonic. Damn but it. damn it! The, oh man, the, the plot thickens. The people rumored to play Sonic. Um, I think it's for for some reason I heard that it's between Jack Black and Ed Helms. Those are two very different actors. Yeah. <laughs> Just what fucking world are we living in right now? I don't now? know. I don't even know what this movie's gonna look like. All I know is, is that this is being this is being um, made alongside another Super Mario movie, an animated. Yeah. I think Who's the so... studio. It's um. Illumination Studios, mm-hmm. the people yeah, Illumination. that made um, they made the Minions, Minions movies, the okay. Despicable Me movies, they're working made Secret on, Life of Pets. They're working on Mario and they're working on Sonic. Who's voicing uh, the Pikachu in that live action Pikachu movie? Ryan Rich- Gosling. Yeah, really? I think Ryan Gosling. Right. Yeah. Really? No, 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 no. It's it's Ryan Reynolds. Is, Is it, it Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, I knew sure it was it was, it was a Ryan. I couldn't I couldn't quite remember it. Man, all these fucking like you know cartoon rap movies are making why. <laughs> Hey, I don't why know not? why hey, the kids love Sonic. I so like, <laughs> okay, like the for like Mario, that's something I could see being made to a movie. It actually, has like a story of you know like sure, Princess saving Peach the, gets yeah, yeah, yeah the save the princess. Very standard story. There's a story in Sonic. He's got to get the Chaos Emeralds. What are you talking? Yeah, about? <laughs> what? Yeah, like Eggman, dude. Eggman. He's like, I got to get these fucking rings. <laughs> yeah, weird, really fast. My weird friends. <laughs> what if, guys? Sonic. What if they take? an hour and a half long movie and they like fast forward through all of it and they make it only like, like 20 minutes long <laughs> True to form. and it's just it's sonic just running through everything and like it's talking really fast because that's what sonic does because well, he's he's so fast if we do this i want i want butt rock soundtrack i want a serious furry like pandering oh man escape from the on. city i want i want escape from the city right. to be in the soundtrack i want sonic heroes sonic, sonic heroes uh, bigs the cat that big ass cat that went fishing i don't know a lot of sonic <laughs> but i know bigs the cat so that's where i'm at with my I'm, sonic i will ride or die for uh for escape the city as being Escape from the City being the best Sonic song. Here's my Sonic pitch. Adventures too. Here's my pitch for this movie. And disclaimer, I've yet to workshop this outside of my own brain. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But right. we get James Marston yeah. to reprise his role as Teddy Flood. <laughs> <laughs> and he's walking around the greasy the not greasy, grassy plains of yeah. Sonic Land, whatever. Yeah. And he's like this looks. This doesn't look right. <laughs> I think I strayed a little far from the herd. And then Sonic shows up and he's like, "It's okay to have sex with people in fursuits." And he's like, so I'm just, I'm just pr- predicting this here, man. I know where this is going. I was just thinking that he, um, he's still struggling with his new uh, programming. Yeah, his new so he just shit. wanders, wanders into um, the Sonic's little village. He's just, he's just chilling. Do he's you, just do, there do, hanging out with his friends. And then Teddy Flood is like. Do I need to kill these people right now? And you, Sonic's like, dude, we're just hanging out. We're just being fast. Do you, do you think that Sonic World or Sonic Land is one of the theme parks in Westworld? One of the eight or six? I could see, oh, man, oh, yeah. I could see like a Wreck-It Ralph it. type thing where it's like a, 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 a co- Inhabited yeah, yeah, video, yeah. Game. video game, land. yeah, yeah. video oh game God. land. Yeah. Okay, at that Let's point, I'm back in on Westworld. <laughs> I'm back in on Westworld. Uh, one of those Nolan brothers just like sat up, like, "Holy shit, <laughs> we got, we got." Like, this that's the now. idea. <laughs> okay, uh, John, John Nolan, if you're Nolan, if you're listening to this right now, hey Johnny, I, uh, I claim copyright on my on my pitch. Video on game our land pitch. is yeah. locked. <laughs> it's that's a we bought, and sir. We bought a mic uh, exclusive. Yeah, trademark copyright. Um, so we have two little quick <laughs> bit of news here Moving. that we want to get through. Moving to a cheerier topic. Um, 
I guess it's kind of Okay, shit. so this fucking Roseanne Barr shit is so baffling to me. Um, this show came back for nine episodes and was quickly taken off the air because guess what? When we gave the <laughs> racist lady a show... We didn't think that she was not going to be racist anymore. Uh, you were too racist. You were like over the acceptable level of racism. Like, yeah, what that's that's think? what it's all about. Disney can... thought that they could just like profit off of her racism. Yeah, but like she wouldn't be too loud about it. Just like okay, just, like, so I'm going to quiet racism. I'm going to give ABC racism. a little bit of credit here because Roseanne came back and that immediately became one of ABC's most popular shows. That was a if huge not show. the most popular show that they yeah, had. Yeah, I mean, multicam sitcoms it, don't get view, like, yeah, heavy exactly. views nowadays. Uh, but I'm, the fact that they were able to like the, the fact that they canceled the show despite it doing so well and making so much money for them, I do give some props to them of that them stepping in front and saying like hey you know what? like it started with wanda sykes who was a head writer on the show saying i will not be returning for a season two of Earth but it was within 24 hours oh less that, than it, that like it was yeah yeah within the course of a day like that morning yeah I, i'm kind of shocked they did it I, I honestly maybe i'm too cynical but i just was like yeah no it's a moneymaker i do not see them canceling the show and then just like that so I think ABC. I think it's just Disney trying to stand for something that they thought that they could it, you know I um I've been having this thought because I've I've seen it happen with the New York Times too where like sort of liberal entities are trying to quote unquote understand middle America <laughs> and like see why they you know elected Trump and like voice the unheard or whatever who is the forgotten man yeah and like New York Times have been running all these opinion pieces of like you know humanizing Nazi sympathizers (laughs) and all this shit and like ABC I think with Disney this was their attempt to try to be like hey you know the people that voted for Trump they're human too and they have struggles and issues too but then it's like when you give the racist lady Twitter and then our president's on Twitter and then you it's get. all all hell breaks loose and online. then she starts uh, comparing uh, one of the old one of Obama's old aides to uh, Planet of the yeah. Apes well she's done that before yeah. if you look back on her timeline she has a history of like blatant racism but they did have Twitter back when the original Roseanne was on so she could be as racist as she wanted and still have her show be separate from who she was as a public person. This was a mess of their own making. Props to them for getting out of it quickly, but like you, you caused this in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> so you, yeah. you get like half credit. I don't Good. know if uh, I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but um, ABC is actually in talks to make a spinoff show for Roseanne oh, I heard about that this. Roseanne won't be <laughs> involved in. Yeah, just because like it's not the entire cast's fault that fucking Roseanne yeah. is like a that's, racist that's, piece of or shit. Or even the crew. Like, like now there's no. like yeah, camera exactly. people that, that are all out yeah. of jobs. Yeah. And like just do a spinoff show. Just have have it be like instead of John Goodman dying, have Roseanne be dead. <laughs> and then just have all them just like hanging out. Because like Lori Metcalf, fucking John Goodman, Sarah Gilbert. Sarah Gilbert's like, I'm pretty sure Sarah Gilbert is a lesbian. So like she's not gonna, or maybe it was the daughter. Is there a place the daughter? Yeah, Darlene. Like yeah. She's like She's like a feminist activist. She's not going to be fucking like, she doesn't agree with the shit that Roseanne's right. saying. It's not her fault that the star of the show, whose name is on the fucking title for the show, that she's a racist piece of shit. And so <laughs> this is their most well-known yeah. role. It's just they crazy have to that with it. we live in a time when you can have a show or you can't have a show that 
because uh, she's not she's not saying the racist shit in the script of the show. Like her character on the show isn't a bigot. She's a yeah. bigot online. That's who she really it's is. Hard to divorce, but then her character yeah. is like. A, a decent human. So I, we I hear, we live in a time when like you can't really separate. Yeah, that I did hear uh, that there was. Of course, I haven't watched any of the episodes of the Revive Show, but I heard that there was one episode where it was like pretty close to being like it was really on the border of what's acceptable. Where uh, Roseanne gets a new neighbor, neighbor, and she thinks that he's a terrorist or something. Oh fuck! Yeah, I was like, you didn't know about that episode. Yeah. Was, yeah. Oh, no. So yeah. Oh, those lines are kind of yeah. blurred. Right, well. Good riddance. So right. go fuck yourself, Roseanne Barr, enemy of the podcast. Speaking of <laughs> ruined are, careers, uh, let's talk about Drake. Pour one out for the poor boy. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> so I honestly, I don't really care too much about rap beef, um, but I'll talk about Drake getting, Drake getting <laughs> destroyed any day. Oh, yeah. yes. You've got to marvel at the magnitude. Drake getting raked. Sh- Drake okay. getting raked. So the reason why like, I think most rap beef has kind of just become insignificant is because a lot of it's all for like publicity things. And it rappers don't actually like feel the way they're doing. And usually it's like always like petty shit like Instagram liking yeah. shit like that. And But that actually helps their careers. Yeah, it's exactly. like not about the music. Exactly. It's just about like boosting up their image. Pusha T made it very clear that that was not his goal here. As, <laughs> I just want because Drew and I actually touched on this beef that started. We talked last about week. Daytona, right? We talked about we talked about Daytona and then uh, Drake's retaliation track, and I thought the W Wait, freestyle. So, so, okay, so first came Daytona, yeah, or yeah, because I heard um, that was Daytona first, and then Drake dropped Drake dropped uh, W freestyle, and now story of Addison. So I went, it was yeah. Pusha, Drake, Pusha. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, he, uh... I did not see a response by Drake, Drake after this. Nope. I think he's done. He came but right out, infrared, and honestly... Infrared, was Infrared uh, responding to something else that came, so like, a couple Pusha years T, back? Just talking Pusha shit. D yeah. was, he was very, like, kind of on the periphery involved whenever Drake had the beef with Meek Mill, but uh, Meek Mill okay. didn't have the chops to actually stand up with Drake, because Meek and Mill isn't, isn't that good. And he still in prison? And he's still in prison. I thought I got well, Pusha T had like a song as uh, album that said like w- "Free Meek" or something he, like that. He keeps was one of his lines. Bail, so, uh, yeah. But um, anyways, regardless, so Drake came out with "Dubby Freestyle," and I thought that was a great like retaliation because I am not a fan of Drake's music, but like usually when people try and go at Drake, he has some really great like comeback tracks. Um, like what was his uh, comeback to Meek Mill? Uh, back to back. Like that song went platinum. Oh, like shit. He, he, <laughs> when he goes after when he goes after somebody in a diss track, it still like has that ability to just become like a fucking platinum song. Um, he has a certain smugness to to his style oh, he that he that works it with does. diss tracks. But the thing is that everybody was always going after him for the ghostwriting and him just having that same emo flow, which I hate, and that's why <laughs> a lot of people love him, but I do not like him. And instead, Push T decided to make it about him as a human being and not his music and go after him. I'm going to attack you as a person. Yeah. I'm going to attack just like, friends. And just went after him about how he is basically had this child and he's abandoned this child. Oh, man. His, fr- and his best fucking, friend's going to die or something. Yeah. And not only that, but like he went on uh, Breakfast Club um, after like the next day or something like that. And he was just like, you know, I don't even associate with like any of my friends. If they are like have all these child support things that they're not paying, if they're not going to be good fathers, then I don't even associate with them. So Pusha T is looking like just like 
totally good guy on top of this. Like, he's just well, like, I'm just like a 41 year old ex drug dealer, man. Like, I'm just trying to like keep it real. Well, on top of that, and like calling him out on the ghostwriting, he put out this album cover for the story of Addison, which oh is Drake God. in blackface with a really unsettling expression it's, on his face. Yeah, it's, it's actually terrifying. Him. It's really it's scary. terrifying to look at. Very unsettling. <laughs> Oh, and man. it was from some photo shoot a couple years back, oh, where he was like, a, like, like a, I think over a decade, right? Or I, I'm, I assume yeah. so. He's I, really young in that photo. He, um, he was trying to be artistic. <laughs> I guess yeah, or something. Like, I just, I love him because oh, a lot God. of people, whenever that album for, whenever the um image came out, everybody was like, oh man, that's that's photoshopped. And Push T's response was just like, yo, I'm 41 years old. I'm not an internet kid. I don't know how to use that photoshop. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this shit's real, man. It's incredible. Don't, don't fucking at me. Like, uh, you know, I and mean, it's real. He did that. <laughs> where does Drake go from here? Besides? Well, it's, we're about to hit a week with no response. Wow. I didn't realize that it's been a full week at this point. I, yeah, I mean, he, not yet. It's, it, it's been like what? Four or five days. Yeah, it yeah, it probably came out early last week. I don't remember exactly. We're recording on Sunday. But um pretty yeah. soon it'll be a week and it was, nothing. Man, he Poor man. Drake it's it, he's supposed to have an album dropping soon. Like here he has released a couple singles from the album, which surprise, surprise. One of them is okay. I think it was uh, Nice for What is a pretty good song. But um yeah. the other two songs are not good at all. R. I. P. Just like Drake. Sorry, right. buddy. You'll um, make it out of this one day. Let's stay on this music track, though, and talk about some new music. Let's let's try to get this uh, through this quick. We have three uh, new music items to talk about. We got Gorillas first. Um, they came out with two new tracks in a music video. Jack Black is in the music video. It's a very summery it's very uh, nice, vibe. Nice yeah, it's cool. Um, I, this surprised me a lot. They have a new album come out called The Now Now. It comes out. Probably very soon, I think. Yeah, I think Within it comes the out over the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember yeah. exactly. Yeah, so hell yeah. I'm always, yeah. I'm always down for <laughs> right. yeah. June 29th it comes no, out. Humans right. was a disappointment, but it was still good. You know, it wasn't bad. I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully this one, I didn't know, I didn't think that we were going to get another oh, one no, so another soon. One. Oh, so and I'm then, excited. Yeah, they're hustling. Another thing that uh, is makes me more excited for this album is they released their track list, and it's only like 12 songs, I think. And With I was like, very little features. Thank God, because Humans, like, there were some great highlights on the album, but the album is way too fucking long. Like, it's such a long album. It's a slog to get through. And, you know, I don't know if Gorillaz, I don't know if Gorillaz is going to abandon the whole concept album idea, but I loved Plastic Beach's Oh, yeah. concept story it's really nice and with the now now they could return to that mm-hmm. it'd be a good look for them you know because humans really lacked a, a through line yeah. not as much punch um so i'm excited for this yeah. and i like the two singles they're not as um as uh i don't know like intense as i would have wanted but they still have a nice sort of chill little yeah. vibe that i could get into this, this feels like a summer album just from what we've you know what's been released so far and I, I'm, I'm kind of in the mood for like a nice relaxed you know yeah. nice thing in, <laughs> yeah. in 2018 that's what yeah. we need <laughs> we go i use uh, that. I really, I actually really enjoyed the song Lake Zurich more than I thought. It kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of older gorillas where there's no like singing or anything on it. It's just like kind of a dancey track. It's just like yeah. very like groovy, like dance rock kind of style. I really enjoyed that. And then Humility is, I feel like it'll kind of grow on me because it's, it's very beachy, yeah. summery. It's a that's, little, that's too, what the music video it's a little shows. too simple for me. It's, it is okay. pretty simple. It's yeah. pretty stripped down. I, um, 
I love Damon Albarn, but I know that he is capable of doing very intricate stuff while still being very minimalistic. Mm-hmm. So if he is trying to kind of, uh, kind of reel it back with some of the more intense production on this thing and go for something a little bit more um, simple, I mm-hmm. hope it's still good in terms of quality. Um, but let's talk about Kanye's new album now. It's called Ye. Uh, he premiered it at this big bonfire thing in Wyoming, in the middle of nowhere. And, of course he did. And he invited like, I don't know, a couple hundred something yeah. journalists or something to listen to like this 23 minute album, which if I were them, I would have been pissed yeah. to go all the way out there. <laughs> the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. Like, hey, to at least you get to see Jonah minutes. Hill and Chris Rock just chilling. God, Jonah Hill's here. Thank you. Um, Triple spent. But, you know, I, I listened to the album and I was not a fan, but now I'm kind of going back and seeing if I can pick out certain songs or certain moments that grow on me. And the the one thing I'm taking away from this album is that the production quality, like everything about the beats and the samples and everything is top notch mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. you'd expect from a Kanye album. But it just feels like really... I was hoping that Kanye was going to enlighten us a little bit about what the hell is going on with him with this album. And it's just more of him just being fucking dumb and stupid and yeah. weird and crazy. And now he's taking this angle that's like, ha ha ha, I love being crazy. Okay, it's okay. great. Right. Like the, the album cover says, I love being I, bipolar. Yeah, no, it's I aw- said, I hate being, I hate, bi- yeah. being bipolar. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. What, what do you, there's some great like explanation from that album cover. How do you know <laughs> there's so much going on? I, I just, I feel like such, there's such like a cloud of like just shitty emotions about around Kanye West for me right yeah. now that I, I'm actually not like super excited to listen to this album at all. I'm, have you, have you checked it out or no? Nope. Okay. I, I actually I don't have Spotify. It's I'm really, just kind of like, I don't know. It's I don't know. <laughs> it's honestly it's perfectly fine and serviceable for an album. Ernest, I'm pretty sure you're the one who told me you're like every like I really like, get to a point where I really like a song and then Kanye opens his mouth. Yeah, and, and that's and that's honestly how it feels because like, the production up, on here dude. is yeah. the best thing yeah. about it. Like it's really well produced, but there's a couple highlights from it. But it's, overall, it seems extremely forgettable. Also, that's really a horrible. Horrible description for a Kanye West album to be forgettable. Like that's, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's probably that's, the. That's like the worst insult you could get. I don't think that I've eyes. ever said that about any Kanye album before. Just because all of them, at least, like even if you're not the biggest fan of its sound, like Yeezus is memorable. Like it's you fucking. Won't forget yeah, it. You won't forget that <laughs> shit. Like whether you like it or not, I personally love that album. Yeah, but and that's then, an album that grew on me. You know, I've, uh, I I really didn't enjoy that album at first, and now it's probably like in my top two or three Damn. Kanye albums. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. definitely up there for me. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's a great, great album. And this one, like I'm looking at the track list and so far, I mean, who knows how much deeper I'll get into it and how many more times I'll re-listen to it. But there's only seven songs on this album and like three or four of them, I could actually say that I would want to like listen to on a regular basis, yeah. which is not a good look. So <laughs> it's not great. So um, for one, let's just all be so fucking happy that he did not put "Lift Yourself" on this album. That we didn't have Kanye singing "Scoopy oh, yeah. Poop" Scoopity on the album. Poop. Thank God for that. But like Drew and I were talking a little bit about last week about how Pusha T's album came out, and that was only twenty. It was like roughly about the same length as this album, seven songs, around twenty-five minutes or so. But with Pusha T, he makes the most of 
every track on that album. And he makes it like there'll be tracks that are better or worse than others, but it's very like it's not a skippable album at all. Like every song you feel like there's something new to say and that he's talking about. With this, it's just also it's just also forgettable. Like that's that's what I just keep coming back to. Like I no, I like the song "Yikes" on here. Um, all mine is good. All mine and Ghost Town. <laughs> Ghost Town, yeah, yeah. But That's like, like this, this is so blase. And the thing is, is I remember liking these songs. But if you ask me, how does that song go? I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. More than likely, <laughs> it's just like I recognize the song because I looked down. I was like, "What's the name of the song? I like it. Cool." And then that was it. And I feel like that's this album is just kind of going to come and go. And I think that we're finally at that point where Kanye is. He was at the peak for so long, for longer than. Almost anybody, like whenever it comes to like hip hop and rap game, he was always operating at the peak of his powers, and we're finally seeing that dip. It yeah. started a little bit with Life of Pablo; he kind of went over the hill a little bit, I, I believe. Totally agree with that. And now it's just like with this, it's nobody really cares anymore. Yeah, going back to what you said about lift yourself, though. Now that I've listened to Ye, I honestly feel like I would have preferred an album where Kanye is just trolling everyone for the whole album. Like, yeah. just make an album where you just poopity scoop the whole album. I <laughs> oh would have preferred, God. I honestly would have preferred that. Uh, like, just, just make a whole album based on the, the, the sound of it that. Just seems, it just seems like he's in a really bad place right now. And the fact that his music is so, you know, relatively uninspiring is just like the shitty icing on the shitty cake. Yeah. You know? It's not <laughs> a complete it's failure. So it's not a complete no. failure. And it, it just... We're at a point where when you're this nuts and when you just say the horrible shit that he's been saying, mm-hmm. if you give us a B minus or a C plus, <laughs> yeah, like, you can't, yeah. fuck you, man. <laughs> I, think, I, I think he's just got this kind of very juvenile, like, you know, all this, the the MAGA shit he's kind of getting yeah. into. It just, it just feels like a very juvenile, like, well, this is very much the unpopular thing in certain circles. I'm not going to look too much into it, but I like him because he's a wild card. And he's just, yeah. I don't think there's a lot of thought there, so, and, which is a bummer. And you know? I think, you know, him putting that he's, that he hates being bipolar and it's awesome on his album cover. It's honestly a little disrespectful to people that actually struggle with yeah. deep mental issues, yeah. mental, mental illness issues. Um, because he's like very, very wealthy and very rich and successful. So for him to kind of like, I, I can, I can understand him being crazy and like him trying to cope with that through mm. his music, but I don't think he's, doing it in a very considerate and respectful way i think we're looking at somebody who's never been told no just (laughs) reaching like the implosion point i don't know i mean he definitely has something going on with him right now but like it's like you said like it really is kind of insulting to people who have very severe bipolar disorder to the point where they can't function because their emotions are so all over the place Mm -hmm. and Kanye, like, he's says before, like, he just likes to, like, fuck with people and yeah. everything else. So, like, how much of this is, like, some kind of mental disability that you're claiming? And how much of it is you just, like, kind of being a troll and just doing whatever you want to do because you're Kanye West? And then e- even if, you, let's say he really is genuinely, you know, mentally ill. I don't it's, doubt it's, that, but no, I don't like, think it excuses it. I, yeah. I don't. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll I'll buy that he is actually struggling with bipolar yeah. disorder. Like that's that's okay, but it's really coming off as like using it as an excuse to be fucking crazy and, that's and really, say dumb shit. Yeah, it is. It is it just this whole situation just leaves a bad taste in yeah. my mouth. But um, so let's uh, let's Fun move stuff. on to a little bit of a of a high note here. <laughs> okay, so on some good news, <laughs> we have a new single from um 
the greatest rock band of all time. Oh. No, not the Beatles. You too. Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Coheed and Cambria um, released. Uh, technically, it was two songs. Um, believe uh, a side and a B side. Well, it's. I think it's just going to be the first two songs of the album because it's a prologue, and then the main single they released is called "The Dark Sentencer." So, a little bit of background. It's a great Co- name. Coheed released their last album in 2015. Um, it was the color before the sun, and that was a big change for them because all of their albums before that have taken place in this sci-fi universe called the Amory Wars, where it's all this like crazy, crazy like sci-fi world shit. That's that's the kind of stuff that they are singing about in these songs. They're all concept albums. The color before the sun was the first time that they didn't do that in their entire career, and it was an okay album. Like it was definitely, I think, at the bottom of their catalog. Um, just because it was very, it wasn't a bad album. It was honestly a pretty good pop punk album, but that was kind of the problem with it is because Coheed has never been a pop punk band. They've always kind of thrived when they can get more like weird and metal-y, metal and shit like that. And I enjoyed it, but it kind of seemed like these were guys who were getting older and they were just trying to do something to stay relevant. And maybe like... Uh, rekindle a little bit of the fan base that and, left behind that left them behind. Well, I don't think I don't think so much with that as much as Kobe trying fans to, are pretty devoted. I don't th- yeah I don't think that was so much that as trying to bring in a new younger group of fan base. And they actually had a single um, "You've Got Spirit Kid" off of that album, which made it on Rock Top Forty lists and shit. Uh-huh. Like it was actually like a pretty solid, like pretty big single whenever it came out. But overall, it just kind of seemed a little bit of them like trying to cling on to try and be relevant. This new single they released got me so excited because it sounds like they they recently, in between these two albums coming out, they signed on to Roadrunner Records, which I don't know if you guys know, but Roadrunner Records, they're like one of the biggest metal record labels that there are. Bands from like Killswitch Engage to like old like Lamb of God, oh, Mastodon, shit. like cool. all these like big metal bands have signed on there. And whenever I saw that, I thought that was a good sign because I was like, well, they won't put out like a pop punk album on Roadrunner. So they started releasing all this concept out, this weird space universe thing that kind of looks like the fucking Death Star. That's very cool. Um, <laughs> it's an awesome cover. Yeah, this is the uh, the cover for yeah uh, i remember seeing that lean on um, that i meant to listen they, to the song i just didn't get a chance to it's it sounds like a return to form like i haven't heard coheed sound like this since their album's coming out in like <laughs> we're gonna talk about that in a second uh since like 2007 this uh this single reminds me a lot of um no world for tomorrow which was one of their last big like metal quote-unquote albums um it's uh like an eight minute track it's got some good twists and turns in it. And one of the things that Kohi does, which a lot of rock bands do, is they kind of they'll reference songs that they have, like because it's all connected in this universe. And uh the uh the chorus for this song uh chants like Welcome home <laughs> And it's like it got me so hyped and I was I was actually I got here a little bit early and nobody was here, so I went to uh McDonald's to go get some food beforehand and I turned up this car and I cranked it up in my car and I was speeding down Colonial. I actually was driving and like screaming in my car that I passed McDonald's and I had to like flip the U turn and get You were back basically to it. like in this sci fi world on your spaceship. I basically was. Yeah. Like, you were in the Amory Wars or this this is a <laughs> this song is about a space prison and like yes 
give me sauce. more of that. I want more of that shit and not like Claudio Sanchez singing about his son. Like, give me more like weird, weird shit. What like about this his because, space son? Well, because yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bring the son into space and incorporate his life. Well, into because the universe. one of the things that was cool about their songs is that they're writing about this like elaborate sci-fi story, but like all great sci-fi stories, it is connected to the real world and that you can like listen to it and know that it's about like literally the world is like crumbling around you and falling apart. This like planet is being destroyed. But at the same time you can hear it as like your own life is like, you're going through all this like turmoil and like what it feels like on the inside. Like it's like all great sci-fi stories. This is what things like star Wars and everything else do. And I'll say it now. Hot take. The Dark Senator has a better story than Solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the just the song? Yeah. Um, they haven't released an album, uh, like an announcement yet for when they're going to be coming out with it. But You're expecting it this year. Oh, it should. I would guess uh, over the summer. Okay. They're actually, they're going on tour this summer. Um, I'm going to go see them. They're co-headlining a tour with Taking Back Sunday. How many times have you seen Coheed live? Uh, like Too many to count. Five? About a five. About a five. Nice. Yeah. All five. right, cool. Uh, Coheed, uh, live on tour, coming soon. Yeah. Hell yes. Coming to probably a state in a year. They're going all around the country. Also, Taking Back Sunday and Story So Far are two other great bands. I love me some uh, TBS. Yeah. Very funny. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to a little book corner segment, because book books are pop culture, too. <laughs> yeah. So we counts. each are bringing a little something that we've been reading. Um, let's start with you, Harry. Cool, yeah. So I just picked up the new uh, Stephen King book, uh, The Outsider. You're in the mm. middle of it right now? Um, yeah, I'm about halfway through. It's like most Stephen King books. It's fucking ginormous. Yep. It's a huge <laughs> book. But no, it's it's a really cool uh, little story about, um, well, I, the basic conceit is that uh, this kid gets, the final story, a kid gets murdered. Uh pretty savage a really bad murder and um seems very king-esque it is it is and it's like it's a very very gruesome disgusting kind of uh act and um basically they find a ton of you know evidence in the blood and the scene and all this stuff and um on for the, the that's the uh that's belonging to the town's like uh you know beloved you know little league coach problem is is that the guy has like an airtight alibi like he's on video being like across the country at the exact same time so he's a person in two locations and I mean, not to, it's not like a shocker if you all know anything about Stephen King, but the reality is there's like a, a multiversal ki- serial killer uh, from like somewhere else that's just destroying the entire town. And it's Multi, just, multiversal, well, like the multiverse? Well, yeah, he's like from a different d- dimension. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, Stephen King always does that. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. awesome. Yeah, Sounds yeah, like it's, some Stephen King shit. It is, it is. And it, but it's, it's not so much the monster, it's, it's just a very well plotted uh, mystery that just really looks into like how, like, how a death can just destroy an entire bloodline, a family, a community. And it's just, you know, it's just like a really, really tightly plotted, nice Stephen King book. Like, he's still got it, cool. even now. I, What's I, it called? Uh, the Outsider. The Outsider. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Nice. What about you, Hunter? Um, so I've been reading a book that uh, you and Drew actually both recommended to me, uh, Blink by Malcolm Gladwell. Hey, nice. I'm actually pretty much finished with the book now at this point. Malcolm I think I only Gladwell's have like a, awesome. a, like 50 pages or so it's, left in it's it. A, it's a pretty breezy read. Oh, it is. It's only like maybe 300 pages or so. Mm-hmm. Like it's 300, 400 pages. It's a pretty easy read. Um, and it's pretty fascinating. So it's called Blink, The Power of Thinking Without Thinking. Um, and it's basically about how sometimes you can look at somebody and get like an immediately gut reaction, like within a split, like milliseconds, and know whether something is right or wrong sometimes more so than if you think about something the logically and go through the actual logical steps. So 
Just to give you an example, the first example that they have in the book is there's this uh, this sculpture that's uncovered from like ancient Greece, and they have all these uh, historians and archaeologists look at it and they date it back to make sure that this is authentic mm-hmm. and that it's real. And then they show it to art critics, and art critics all, like, pretty much universally all have this, like, very cold feeling about it. And somebody describes it as fresh, which is not what you want from, like, a (laughs) 2,000-year-old sculpture. And it's kind of about how, like, eventually it was kind of uncovered that it was a fake Despite them going through the actual scientific steps of doing this thing, it's people who are experts that can look at something and immediately in that split second know whether something is good or not. And You could say they had a bad feeling about this. <laughs> oh, I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, wow, um, Hunter just walked out. Yeah. <laughs> Man, bye. Uh, but it's just a really, really interesting read because not only do they just talk about like only the good sides, they also talk about when... Uh, when split second decisions fail like for example there's a a common psychological thing known as the warding hardy the warren harding error um as you guys might know uh harding was a president of the united states and he was always got through his political career because he was a tall very slender very handsome looking guy everybody who always saw him just like he radiated charm more like warren g hottie yeah (laughs) (laughs) Carry on, Hunter. Okay, there we go. All right. So, um, <laughs> so, um, he, uh, he kind of coasted through his political career, always like riding high because he was just a good looking guy. And eventually, to the point that he became the president of the United States, he is universally known as one of the worst presidents in U.S. history. Just a dipshit. No, and he like got us into one of the worst economic crises in the country. Like, he was that sounds not- eerily wow. familiar. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, look at the hot and sexy president that we have right now. I was thinking that. Who radiates charisma. God, just a piece of meat. Like, man. (laughs) But, like, it's just a really kind of cool idea. But it kind of has that same type of thing where, yeah, like, Donald Trump isn't sexy or, like, good-looking. Hey, man. (laughs) That is my papa we are talking about. He's he's charismatic in, like, a demonic sort of way. Ice is going to come in here and (laughs) deport me because I'm not saying our president is hot. Do not disrespect our hot president. Do not do it. Okay, so he is hot. But also it's about about how um, you can, like, how somebody can just say things to get people riled up and that inevitably sparks something inside of people that makes people like rally around that person like this person said what they're not supposed to say so like i like them and that's kind of how this whole trump thing got started is like he's doing the things that nobody else wants to say or nobody else wants to do and for that like i respect him like we gotta hear this guy out so for that like it's just kind of fascinating like that there are these things. He wrote this book back in book. 2000, I think, or so. Um, this was one of his first books? Yeah, this came out right after Tipping Point. Um, Have you read any Malcolm Gladwell? I know 2005. That 2005. Really, really, really familiar. He actually he has a, a, a podcast called a Revisionist History. Yeah, which it's is not really regularly good. updated, yeah. but you can go back and listen yeah. to some of his episodes. This man is one of the most talented writers he of our so generation. He is so smart. Like, he is ridiculous. I, this is actually the first book of his that I've read. I've always been, like, a big fan of him. Just I've listened to some Revisionist History before, and he's actually good friends with Bill Simmons, and they do podcasts together, like, every yeah. now and then, and... He came on Bill Simmons' show whenever he had it. I've heard him do interviews with other people. And it's just, he's this psychologist who is amazingly gifted writer and also just unbelievably smart. And yeah. he, the way his intellect works is baffling sometimes. And the, the books are very entertaining. Like yeah, you're reading for being about, nonfiction. Yeah, you're reading about like 
psychological concepts and like basic psychology applied to real world uh, yeah. scenarios. And it's like, it's so entertaining. Like you're reading like an engaging story. I, I've read Blink, I've read uh, Outliers, and I've read Tipping Point. I haven't read David and Goliath. Uh, but Tipping Point is a great, great book that explores... Um, one of the main ideas that explores is the idea of like 10,000 hours being put into becoming an expert. That's probably what I and know him from. And it's an amazing book. And I, it's yeah. crazy that like you read Blink and that this book from 05 is like resonant in it's 2018. Res- yeah, exactly. That's what that just tells you how <laughs> talented this guy is. And another thing yeah. that was really cool, um, just like one more aspect and then we can kind of move on to your, what you've been reading or is, but um Another idea was this whole concept that they were talking about where there are these uh, virtues that are instilled in society that you unconsciously have in your mind. Like for one of the things you have to say, like you hear a person's name and you put them in like good or bad. And like then you do this one exercise using like, let's say, for example, um, white people or black people whenever like you hear uh, a name or an act or something like that. Mm-hmm. And even if you flip the task, you'll notice that there's a slight more delay to put like black people in like, or for like black people with uh, violence or something, or white people with violence than there is with black people in violence. Wow. And it's something, and Malcolm Gladwell talks about, it, he's like, I am half black. Like this is literally like, but it's something that society has always taught you. And the mm-hmm. same thing goes for like, if they say um, one category is men and one category is women, and then you like go through to it, you're like, here names, whatever, do that. And then they go, they use those names again, but one category is like working in the household, and one category is working in, uh, or like staying at home, doing home stuff, and one category is going out and working a real job. And it'll be like, men will use this category if it's men or a person who's working a job or if there's women and they're staying at home and for that you can do it pretty quick but then if they flip those two and you say use this one for men or a household chore thing or use this one for women and some kind of business activity and there's a delay in like your unconscious mind to actually sort these yeah. things out and you gotta like different take category. that extra step and that's just something that it. like society has instilled in you and it kind of changes the way that you think yeah. about like as you go through life like what kind of sociological norms do I just like have in my subconscious every day that I just go about doing my tasks and not even thinking about fascinating fascinating all right that's blink by Malcolm Gladwell so uh last little bit of book corner here is an audio book actually that I checked out on my drive to Massachusetts since I was gone last week and it's a book I've read before Animal Farm by George Orwell. Oh, nice. Uh, classic, yeah. classic novel. And I was excited to check out the audiobook version because mm-hmm. the, I don't know, there's just a certain, I, I, I'm not usually a fan of audiobooks, but the thing that drew me to this one is that it's a short book. And also, um, the fact that it's an allegory mm-hmm. makes it so, you know, listening to it as if it were a podcast, it kind of lets my brain process it a little bit differently mm-hmm. and think about more about what the metaphors are. Mm-hmm. And also it helped a lot that it there's a chunky like prologue, like a prelude that sort of sets up the allegory. So you hear this like lengthy prologue before the book and you're thinking about all these things 
as you're listening to the book and and it helped that it was a long drive so we just listened to it in it's one really go we didn't stop but um this is a book that's like very highly uh required reading among high schools across mm-hmm. the country yeah. and rightfully so man like writ- written in the 40s i think 45 or so um still holds up <laughs> it is so prevalent today to how power corrupts people and how just morals and humanity is just compromised in the face of power and no matter how hard you try because the pigs in animal farm they didn't start out inherently evil Mm -hmm. they were just exposed to power based on the situation that they were in they just happened to be put in a place of leadership they weren't looking to be to become any sort of like dictatorship or anything like that that's just what arose naturally and it's so terrifying to think about that (laughs) and to think about like the ways in which it could be impossible to avoid these like evil selfish tendencies that we have um it was a lot to think about on the long drive and i really really enjoyed like diving into this classic book again and and seeing it in in the lens of 2018 and what this story speaks to our time it was, it it was great what's going on right yeah. now. yeah i really really enjoyed it really recommend you guys try to check I'm it out yeah. again it's it's a short book it's yeah, very I short book. A, i know it's a short book i i definitely like very much remember reading it in high school, uh, like freshman year of high school. Yeah, required reading, but man. I would love to actually revisit that book because yeah. it's just, it, like you said, it's so prescient to the time that we live in now, yeah. despite it being an allegory for Russia and yeah. that whole thing. And it's like, like yeah. oh, it's all kind of similar. <laughs> and I like the uh, history repeats itself. Digesting a story differently through the uh, through an audiobook format. That's yeah. Really, I, yeah. I actually, I didn't mention that, but that's actually how I've been like, Blink. listening to blink, blink. Yeah, yeah, yeah is i yeah. had to do some trips down to fort myers where i had to just kind of drive for like the five hours there five hours back a couple like once a week for a few weeks and i just kind of flew through the whole book doing it that way through audiobook Hell form. Yeah. I, it's it's nice i like audiobooks yeah it if you depends. listen, if you it listen depends. to podcasts then i feel yeah. like you can like oh, process yeah. they're very similar in a way yeah i i've been trying to get through dune the past like year and a half <laughs> and i think i might just switch over to an audiobook <sighs> i don't I know if that's the best time. way to digest it though because there might be the... points where you're just kind of like spacing out like exactly. what the fuck Isn't is that happening? The, uh, the, the spice book mm-hmm. is that yeah yeah, yeah big spice from the 60s because that because dune like there's times where I just have to go back and like reread things. That's why it's taking <laughs> yeah, me so course. long. Plus not having the time to just really dive in. It's a dense, dense story. Uh, but let's move on to what we've been watching. Try not to sneeze. Sorry. Oh, a chew. <laughs> have, have you guys ever heard Don- Have you guys ever heard Donald Trump laugh? I don't know why that's been in my head last. He's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> have you ever like actually heard him like audibly laugh? I mean, I've, uh, he does a fake laugh. That <laughs> okay, okay. I just it doesn't sound I've genuine. I've never seen him, like have like a, like I've never seen him laughing at anything. I just let's move on. <laughs> okay, uh, Harry, you wanted a little uh, catch up oh, yeah, corner. A little catch up corner. I've been catching up on everything. What have you I been just, watching? I just got my HBO back, so I've watched uh, all the new Veep, which is still very good. I have caught up on all of Barry, which is goddamn yes. phenomenal. It's, it's so oh, good. Dude, it's amazing. I have caught up on Westworld, which I am enjoying uh, enough. And then, uh, yeah, I wanted to briefly bring up uh, Deadpool and Avengers because I am the resident Marvel 
Pratt, I guess. But for, zombie from way back. Zombie from way back when, yeah. Uh, so Deadpool and Avengers. Deadpool 2 is not good. Not a good movie. Okay, uh, I'm, I'm actually surprised. I was expecting that you would disagree with oh, your takes last week. and think no. that you would like it. No, man. Because I, 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 my thing is, like, I love Deadpool when I was 13. I'm just not 13 anymore. Like, <laughs> exactly. And it's not, like, I've been reading Deadpool for a very long time. It's kind of like, you got three jokes, you swear a lot, Mexican food. And you know you're in a movie or a comic. And like, that's fine. I know people like that. It's not my particular thing. I kind of feel like he's the Rob Schneider of the Marvel Universe. It's just like this very obnoxious form <laughs> of comedy. you give him his own movie, you're just asking uh, for it. Yeah. And I mean, and, 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 and Deadpool, and I, I thought Deadpool 1 was fine. It wasn't like particularly for me, but I thought it was well made. Uh, Deadpool 2 is just a fucking drag. I think that second act in the prison is like one of the most boring middle acts. So in forgettable. Yeah, it is. It's it went on forever. Like I did not realize that a, a, like a moving 2018 could be this boring with this much money pumped into it. And uh, Avengers I enjoyed, but it, you know, it's half a movie. It's kind of where I land on that. Uh, I just, it, I thought for what it was, it was really good, but um, you know, I got to see how the story actually concludes rather yeah, than you couldn't really appreciate it as its own thing. No, I, I, it, I, yeah, yeah, it just didn't, it doesn't I mean, exist on its own. No, it does. It's a two, I don't really like two part movies as a whole, just because that first act is always just seems like set up that this one might be different. Cause it doesn't feel like there's a conclusion there at the end. Uh, my dad was really funny though. He had an amazing reaction. We, we can do spoilers, right? We all know. So yeah, it's spoiler alert. Okay, this for, movie's made like two billion dollars yeah, already, yeah. so people have probably already seen Infinity my, War. My dad in this, spoiler, in this I guess. beautifully like just deadpan moment when you know, like they all fade into the dust and fly away, and then it cuts to credits. Like the, the theater is just dead silent, and my dad just leans over and goes, "Well, shit, I guess they're not making any more Black Panther movies." <laughs> <laughs> nah, Harry, he's the he's the gauntlet. You can't. You can't go back from that. <laughs> like, I don't know, it was fine. Like, I, I oh, liked it. to be naive. I know. Man. No, no, he, he knew. I feel he was like I would have thought that was like the greatest movie ever. If only I didn't know that they had another Black Panther and another yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. Another thought, every I mean, for other what movie. it was, I mean, you know, they got, they got all the main characters in a room. You had them talk and make jokes. I'm like, yeah, shit, that's why I like these things. It's not yeah. like high art. And, but we're, you know, we're going to get into Solo uh, in a little <laughs> yeah, bit. And I sure. think that <laughs> Infinity War succeeds so much because... Mm-hmm. Of those character moments, yeah. No, they had time for those, which I was really impressed by. Uh, is something wrong with the audio? I was starting to like no, my my cord is just the headphone. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a lot of punching, but like, it's just I don't know. I, I think for an Avengers movie, like, what do you want that to be? I was like, probably Infinity War. That's that's I'm happy with it. You know, it's not my favorite Marvel movie by a long shot. Did but... you feel like you were rewarded for investing? <laughs> time into oh, watching all of way. these movies uh, I, I mean i guess i was just like it was cool just seeing all the characters meet up and talk and but um you know i just kind of like how they committed to i mean that's a story about the avengers just failing like they all lose like sacrifice yeah yeah but like that that's a story about how they do not get the job done and i, I just i think it's a good setup for the next movie i'm just yeah. hoping they stick the landing basically yeah, yeah that's really it <laughs> um cool okay so before we take a break let's get into westworld a little bit um, spoiler alert, obviously, if you haven't been watching. So if you're trying to catch up and don't want anything spoiled, go ahead and skip this section. But let's get into the last couple episodes. So last time we talked about Westworld, it was um, right before we saw Shogun World. So now we've actually seen it. We've had two meaty episodes inside Shogun World. And I'm definitely um, cool. way more favorable on this show than you guys. I am. I am looking at it in a sense that I am not really um, worried about trying to figure it out anymore Mm -hmm. because if I did, I would just be upset every week. Well, I don't think the show is 
so focused on that either. And I, I think you guys, I think, I think I'm more favorable on this show than you guys think I am. I was actually less favorable in season one. Really? Uh, yeah, because oh. I was just kind of like, okay. uh, you made a really nice game board and all the pieces in it aren't that interesting to me. I don't really have anyone to latch. I, I just don't really like fundamentally like I, you know like what are all the mysteries like well, I don't really care about any yeah. of these fucking people when it's a show that it's yeah. trying to be all about the mystery yeah yeah and I think you know spoilers you know I think the, the reveal in season one is so indicative of that is when you know you find out that McPoyle is uh is uh you know Ed Harris yeah. and it's like can you believe that this they're actually the same character I'm like well, I don't really like either of them I don't give a fuck like <laughs> yeah. they're hardly like, characters what does Ed Harris do besides just sit in bars and just like tell the robots that they're robots and then like I'm looking for something and he goes <laughs> and finds a fucking map and it's just like to what end you know so you think season two is an improvement I, I think season two has more of a focus on actually these characters like for example like McPoyle you know I know his name's Jimmy Simpson but he's McPoyle to me and, um, <laughs> like that, that episode of the Delos the old man and the that uh, was so good yeah like just you kind of got into who he was and why he was doing what he was doing and you didn't have a lot of that in season one and the same with Maeve and even like you know batshit uh, what's her name um, Dolores now yeah. Just, and you you haven't seen the new no neither no, of you have I haven't seen, the seen episode six um, I've seen episode five as last okay one so in episode six yeah we get a really really good Ed Harris character scene yeah with uh, I know can, what you're talking about but can, do you know do, yeah, do you know the character the 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 woman I'm yeah, gonna be yeah. perfectly honest with the you daughter? guys I don't care yeah <laughs> okay. like I don't care okay Drop so it, man. so <laughs> so we have introduce ed harris's daughter into the show and she is being set up to be this really important character and we get a scene where all they do is sit down and talk to each other father to daughter and it is one of the best scenes of the season because there's no weird robot shit happening The robot stuff's cool, it's just, but you, yeah, you need scenes like that to make yeah. us relate and care about these characters. Otherwise, it's just you know toys on a on a fucking game board, you know. Yeah, t- Asian toys now. Asian <laughs> toys now. <laughs> okay, so um, I I am kind of excited for that because my problem with this show, um, and there was a little bit of this in season one, but especially in season two, is I feel like this show has no stakes whatsoever. There's literally no stakes. S- episode five. Pretty much the emotional beat of the episode was centered around Maeve meeting basically her counterpart in Shogun World Mm -hmm. and them trying to save her counterpart's daughter. And then at the end of the episode, the climax of the episode, the daughter gets killed and you're supposed to like have this like heartbreak. You break like, oh my God, that Mm -hmm. daughter died. And I just felt like so cold, like I just did not care. Because how many times they can bring her back? How many times? Yes, exactly. They can just, yeah, just like suture her up or just grab her brain pod out, put it in a different <laughs> yeah. shell of a human being, and then you're good to go. I mean, like this yeah. show, just it's gotten to the point now where it's just like I just don't care about anything. The stake, there's just no actual stakes. I want to see more emotion with Jimmy Simpson because it seems like him and his daughter, Mick Poyle, <laughs> they're the only real humans in this world now at this point, aside from um, the coder guy who's oh. just a fucking little LC. twerp. Every episode, I'm like, you're not dead yet? <laughs> like, yeah. like, you didn't get wiped out yet? Man? Like, he actually, okay, so there was one thing which they show up to Shogun World and they realize like that it's basically kind of a copy of mm-hmm. Westworld just like with a different skin on it. Yeah, and yeah. they're even like similar types of characters and I thought that was really cool. And then it gets totally undercut by the coder guy saying just like, what, I do our 300 stories in one week, you think it could make them all original stories like making a joke out of it and i was like 
why didn't you have this like elaborate thing about like yeah you know like we've had shown like you have to have the same types of characters in every story that you're doing like I feel mm-hmm. like that would have been so much more so much cooler of a storyline than like yeah. oh I just got bored like well, I'm sorry you're, you're kind of sorry you're, you're fading out as I'm fading it's in a little like, bit it's just like it's I just like I'm I'm not completely out on the show. Honestly, I'm watching it because I have to for this podcast. <laughs> you don't have to. You can be out. I kind of just want to be out at this yeah, point. I'm to. hoping that this show, that it'll kind of come together for more for me. So I think that one thing that I really liked about season one, which you might not have cared for as much, was the show was very focused. It was very like... Uh, philosophical based on like what it means to be like AI what it means to be conscious if, and, like, I, if there's one if more I'm fucking watching... scene of Dolores talking to a window about her dream being someone else's dream it's, it's, <laughs> but they're each other's okay. at the same time no more not, we're not done that. we're good no. we did it because <laughs> I don't I don't think in season two yeah, I don't so think that they've done a good job of that at all it's gotten mm-hmm. completely sidelined for this show and what I think is happening is because HBO knows Game of Thrones is about to end here. They need their next huge show. Westworld season one was a big deal. So they're trying to turn Westworld into a spectacle show with big set pieces and everything else. And I just don't think that any of the set pieces have looked that good in this this season. I'm not, I wasn't as enamored with the kind of philosophical musings of season one, just because on a fundamental level, I don't think think they're that heady of concepts which is a the ai is getting sentient so they're becoming people they you know and that's i get it <laughs> there's a lot of stories like that yeah. you know like just but like being kind of obtuse is just that's the show in general not the philosophical side i thought it was fine i, I again like you know i do see what you, your point though that's becoming more of a, a spectacle show that's, yeah. a, that's a good point yeah and i i, I really i really enjoy mave's storyline because the way that she's becoming aware and sentient is yeah. so different than Dolores's like Terminator oh, they're, rampage. They're, they're people now yeah. and they are different people and they're you're learning more about them as people yeah. and that's why I like this season but she's, more. But she's, she's after her daughter and yeah. we know for a fact that like that's not going to end well. <laughs> and not. I just, I'm so, you guys haven't seen the newest episode but there's some things in that episode that like, whew, a bummer. Things are kind of falling <laughs> apart for this yeah, show a little yeah, bit yeah. and I don't really mind it as much because I'm still I'm just along for the ride and like if stupid shit happens then it happens and I'm not I don't really care but like some things are introduced and there's some revelations in episode six that are just like dude should, should, this episode makes should, this season makes no sense we should watch that episode they're just like I mean at the end of <laughs> the end of episode five it's just like so like. Maeve is now like superpowers. She's like basically David yeah. from Legion now, and she can get in people's <laughs> minds. Like, what's happening? Yeah, but there's just show? some other like we get a revelation about the letterboxed scenes with Dolores and Bernarnold. Ber- what? I- <laughs> you know, you know the yeah, those yeah, shots that are like about. more wide cropped. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were wondering like, what is the purpose of this letterboxing? Does mm-hmm. it mean that it's in the future, or are we seeing? the original Arnold talking to the old Dolores. There's a revelation about that in in episode six. That sounds cool. That opens up a whole can of worms that just kind of... If we're going to do, if we're going to do theory stuff, where do you guys land on the idea of the season that Arnold or fucking Bernard, Bernard what the fuck his name is Bernard the, Bernard the, uh, the character played by Jeffrey Wright Jeffrey Wright's character yeah, yeah. The, the man played by Jeffrey Wright. Uh, There's the idea that like I'm the reason why, by the way, I think the, I think, one of the biggest like mistakes this season's doing, like it's kind of like a holder from last season. It's just like Bernard, just like 
walking around just like remembering shit when it's just like Bernard's just like walking around like I don't know what the fuck's going on like oh wait a minute I delivered a USB to somewhere yeah. and I'm like I don't fucking care but no I'm um, the idea that um he uh he is a it's like several of that of his like model then like being in like different areas so that's why he's like mm-hmm. out of sync I don't know I, thought I could cool. I could see that um the other thing is that this show being non-linear in its storytelling is starting to like backfire on itself a little bit because the Nolans like they like to fuck with nonlinear storytelling yeah. to yeah. disorient the audience. But you start to you start to like run to a wall a little bit if there's no storytelling purpose. I agree for telling the story in <laughs> a non chronological. It's unnecessarily order. confusing. Yeah, it's. I like, mean, that was honestly one of my issues with Dunkirk because I like Dunkirk as a whole. I thought that was a really good movie, but like. At, there are some points like that are there. confusing for the sake of being confusing, for the sake of disorienting you. And yeah. other than that, they don't really serve a narrative purpose. Exactly. I, see, I feel like season one had that a lot more than season two. But, um, I mean, you know, teach that. Yeah, I mean, that's but just it was kind part of, of the reveal. The whole it was show part of, too, like, yeah, the same pro- Just the, yeah, like, the fundamentally just telling your story out of order does not make your story more interesting. And I think that's a big problem season one had. And I think it's what the problem with Bernard with season two is yeah. just like fundamentally this isn't an interesting storyline and like you're just giving us little tiny bits of information that don't seem to really be going anywhere maybe they will but I don't feel like I'm being I, don't, I feel like my time's being wasted when I'm watching really? I really do yeah but you know and you feel the same way Hunter yeah 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 I mean that See, I, but I, I feel like, good about the show though I just like bitching about think, it I don't know I don't why think it's like, it's like, like a horrible brain. show like that's why I'm still like watching <laughs> yeah. it it's just it's a slog to get yeah. through. I You're was not like, excited. I was talking to, yeah, with Gaia the other day. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like, I watched an episode of Westworld. Oh, I mean, I should say I slogged through an episode <laughs> of Westworld. Yeah. It's over an hour long each episode. Like, Barry was so fun because it was eight episodes at yeah. 30 minutes apiece. I agree a piece. With that. And Atlanta. Like, it's just a yes. breeze. I think like, these little tinier seasons are should be even uh, i've been i've been watching killing eve and that's the Mm -hmm. classic tv 42 minute hour episode so 42 minute episodes like that just feels so breezy and then i get to westward i'm like (laughs) i still have another 25 minutes uh, of this are you fucking kidding me i think my buddy summed it up best he just texted me it was like this it westworld is the best show that i never feel the urge to hit play next episode on yeah Yeah. you know what i'm good yeah yeah, i'll I'll get back to like i i i I watched season one like i watched like the first three episodes in like a day and it took me like six months to finish that season (laughs) i I should probably get back to westworld you know (laughs) it's just but i know i am i do like the show even i think better now in season two i think it's like a more focused show that you know is just delivering things and i guess i'm more conventional way it's not as philosophical i agree but like you know walk before you run you know you gotta like make, make you care to care about these fucking yeah. people before you you know start yeah. going off into the ether with the with the shogun world stuff yeah it's really cool and mm-hmm. i really enjoy seeing the the samurai or, yeah it's just yeah. this world being realized and the production value is really really strong mm-hmm. um but there's this potential for it being worthy of of uh, of the story making sense because you have Maeve going there to sort of learn more about herself and her her uh, I guess destiny yeah um, but you know other than them just making Shogun World because it's cool kind of like what Wes Anderson did with Isle of Dogs it's just like oh I just wanted to make a Japanese aesthetic movie it's like they were kind of doing the same thing like yeah. oh we just wanted to play in this playground without really giving any resonance to yeah. it yeah so there, there's a lot of that in this show there's a lot of like style 
and just kind of doing cool shit just for the fuck of it. Yeah. And it doesn't really rub me the wrong way as much as it does with other people. Like I, It does I me. T- it rubs me a r- the wrong way a little bit. Like, I'm not one of those people who's, like, outraged by it or anything like that. But it's just, like, it just – it kind of solidifies my fact of, like, okay, so why do I care about this? Like, it's just you just, like, doing this because it looks pretty. Yeah. Like, that's basically all that it is. And at yeah. that point, I'll go watch a fucking Terrence Malick movie. So I just want to <laughs> look at pretty images. Uh, to wrap it up, I'm at this yeah. point with Westworld that – I accepted as the kind of subpar show it is and I'm not looking yeah. for anything like transcendental yes, or deeply introspective. I enjoy it and I'm not going to you know waste my time trying to put the puzzle together and figure <laughs> out all the mysteries and like engage deep 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 with it. I'm just along for the ride for weird dumb shit. I, I think that's the healthiest way to look at it, and that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just kind of like, you know what? My expectations are much different than in season one. I think it's just a little bit cleaner, a little bit stronger character-wise, and fucking enjoy the enjoy the robots. Cool. You know? All right. Well, we are about break time, so about to take a little break, I thought I liked, and then... I that. You thought, I, you thought I was gonna like Deadpool, huh? <laughs> that I, I that kinda, insults me. <laughs> I just I don't know. You're no. a Marvel boy. Yeah, I didn't I know. know. I'm also like a good taste. Deadpool boy. is win. <laughs> Deadpool is what? Win. Win. Fuck it up. Fuck it up. Pussy girl, gon' back it up. Pipe up. I'ma pipe up. Make your mind out and fell in love. Choose it Make the pussy sing. One more time. Baby, do it big. Make it cry. Come boohoo this shit. Yeah, you a supermodel thing. Tell that ass busting out the bottom. I'ma lose my money in it. If I pull up with a Kerry Washington, that's gonna be an enormous scandal. I could have Naomi Campbell and still might want me a Stormy Daniels. So I was at Denny's this morning and I wanted to order from the solo menu because it looked very yummy. But then I realized that they put Pop Rocks on their uh, fucking pancakes. That, that's some follow Rome shit. That's I'm trying to think about what other weird shit they had but that was really the one that caught my eye and i was like you know what not today why didn't you though you should have and you should have gotten your collectible millennium falcon cup yeah with alden alt right well they had they had thought drew already bought them all he's the (laughs) number one fan (laughs) well there's a chewy one a han one a lando one and a kira one so you gotta you gotta have all four of them on your shelf still in the packaging who who what movie would you want a prequel Star Wars uh, a Star Wars prequel what character would you want a Star Wars prequel from the whole All saga it. I'll put it in my mind Jar Jar Watto Watto the, the traitor <laughs> the traitor oh. that owns Anakin the oh. flag oh, oh, okay. just, the face is just like blank like, that'd, be, that'd be cool I'd watch Watto you know, Watto though I don't know if you've heard my pitch for a Jar Jar movie hit it it's uh, very Logan-esque <laughs> so like it's like old later. old Jar Jar like yeah. at a bar I like that. I like and that. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's like me, so fuck. <laughs> Just banging people. Would yeah. you guys? I mean, I don't like it, but would you guys think about uh, that James Mangold Boba Fett thing? Oh, you guys talked about it a little bit. We did talk about it a little week. bit last week. Um, I was saying I was kind of gonna save it for this podcast, oh, but um, is it on? Or, okay, it's on the last podcast. But anyways, we're back, by um, the way. We're back. Oh, we're back. Okay, hey, yeah. hey, hello, we're everybody. Back. Um, so. Solo like solidified for me why there should never be a Boba Fett movie. Sometimes a side character is just a side character, and they don't need to be. A also, main character. Boba Fett is 
completely useless every time he shows up. Yeah, he's like he's he got a cool, cool outfit. Yeah. yeah, he's a cool teacher. But then he just though. like dies. I <laughs> will like, say, <laughs> if you do it, I'd prefer to have James Mankle do it. And if he yes. does it. Have Boba Fett not say like more than ten goddamn words the whole and time. never that would take be amazing. His never take yeah, yeah, just that would be like, yeah. that would be fucking amazing. I, I, I agree. Like you, do, I don't want to know about Boba Fett the character. I do not care. You look cool. That is why make Logan in space. Yeah, make Logan in space. You know, I, you guys didn't bring up the constant elephant in the room though. That yet another white male, Caucasian male, yeah, yeah. directing Star Wars, and God. Kathleen Kennedy is like. I love women. I'm a I'm a woman, so I we're going to get want to give them work. We're so. just going to we're not going to let any people of color direct these movies for know, now. Man. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, after seeing Solo though, it it would intrigue me to see this would never happen, but a Lando movie directed by Hiro Murai. Yeah. Holy man. shit. Yeah. That would be so dope. <laughs> just him playing uh what's that card game? Sabat. Yeah. Just him yeah. just playing Sabak and it's like to the style of like Molly's game, but like <laughs> he'll actually explain how Sabak works. Oh man. <laughs> Molly's game. Han, Han shows up and he's like, I've never played this game before. I'm very good at it. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I was thinking. I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, but just like uh, Jesus, like people are giving um what's her name? Ray shit in the uh, the other yeah. Star Wars movies for like, you know, being like a character that's too many great qualities. I'm like, Han Solo can speak Wookiee. He's great at cards. He's a great pilot. None of it is explained. All right, he's so just great. We're getting everything. all right. Since we're getting into Solo now, yeah. That was one of the things that I hate the most about this movie is when Han speaks Wookiee. Mm-hmm. He's like, <laughs> he does like every like eight year old's impersonation of what Wookiees sound like, and he's just like, oh wow, you speak Wookiee. Oh man, we're friends now. And the whole thing is Han so Han. It never speaks Wookiee. Chewie can understand English. Yeah. Like he doesn't need to speak Wookiee to him. So let's, let's talk solo. Let's do over, <laughs> let's get into it. overall thoughts before going into into spoilers. Well, so. what, I, what I think is interesting about this movie is very much just been a lot of different opinions about it. And I think a lot of it is just totally based on your expectations going in. And mm-hmm. I think it's sort of like what could have been. Yeah. That can go either way. It could have been fantastic. It could have also been a dumpster fire. I think we got a pretty good movie. That is not super interesting uh, to talk about, but we're going to yeah. do our best, guys. Well, I think I want to, I don't want to go too off the rails in like actually reviewing the movie, but yeah. I do love thinking about the little bits of Lord and Miller mm-hmm. that are left in traces in this movie. Like there's, there's moments, it, there's moments in this movie where it just fucking springs to life yeah it's for the bulk of it it's just going through the motions Mm -hmm. and it's just like hey we turned the camera on and pointed it somewhere and people (laughs) talked i mean 80 percent of the movie was reshoots after they already shot everything so the actors probably don't care there's these moments where the movie just it just comes to life tell me man. tell me it, about a few of those that you're thinking well of. i don't want to get into, oh, into right, spoilers right, right, yet but yep. the one that comes to mind right now is the shot towards the end of lando sprinting through yeah. a like shootout yes. and the camera just zooms right yes, behind yes, him as yes, he's yes. like jumping and yeah, hurdling he jumps over stuff. somebody yeah that was there's a great moments moment. like that yeah. where or or when han first jumps into the cockpit of the millennium mm-hmm. falcon that could have easily been a really corny and the music moment. swells yeah. kind of like it, it does uh, that was a, a nice little tender moment i was gonna say i think the best thing about the movie is the score i think it's a really 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 nice uh, score for the movie the music's really nice to me at least i thought it was, you know, it, was it didn't fe- it didn't feel like a normal star wars thing 
Yeah, and, and I think we'll get into the details as to like that whole concept of this not really feeling like a Star Wars yeah. thing while still being exactly a Star Wars <laughs> it's thing. It's a lot. Uh, but yeah, just, just to kind of finish up my, my overall thoughts on the movie, I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I genuinely enjoyed it. I had a good time in the theater. But the movie feels really fucking hollow and almost yeah. completely devoid of any like life. It's mm-hmm. it's just it's lacking it's this it's lacking That's, this yeah. energy where it's just like I don't know it it just feels like they had to make this movie like they were obligated to and you're just seeing all these things happen mm-hmm. that should hold more weight and more drama should kind of, be going yeah. on and it's just like oh it's, it's our perfunctory it just yeah. feels like we, we're doing this to say we did or we just exactly yeah just to check they were just checking, checking a box, box. yeah exactly. and hunter what did i what did you think um so i thought this movie was pretty fucking forgettable um i already like kind of had to look up the plot synopsis <laughs> i just saw it like a week ago and i've already pretty much forgotten everything that happens in this movie so Walking out of this movie, I thought, well, okay, like that wasn't a very great, that wasn't a great movie or anything, but I think it was better than Rogue One. Yeah. And the more and more I think about it, so Rogue One, in my opinion, made A New Hope a better movie. Okay. In my opinion, I think that made it a better movie. I think Rogue One's fine. I don't really. Um, I think that Solo made Star Wars worse. Ah. Because Han as a character. Like, that's not Han Solo. He might as well have just not been Han Solo. And this way that... We'll talk about the way that it ends, but it ends setting up that there's probably going to be another one or two Han Solo movies because you can't have the way that his attitude is at the end of this movie and then jump into where we see him in New Hope. It doesn't make any sense. It's very odd in the movie, yeah. The kind of his crux in the beginning when he tries to join up with, you know, Woody Harrelson, he's like, I want to be part of something. Like, I'm like, fucking when? (laughs) Yeah. What is that a Han Solo That's not a thing. That's a Luke line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very odd. It doesn't make sense to me. Like, I don't really understand what they're doing. And this movie just feels so forgettable. And, like, what's even more surprising to me is how bad it's struggling at the box office too like i thought you know like still like i knew i was probably not going to be a big fan of this movie but i was like well you know general audience goers they'll see star Star wars Wars and they'll all go to it but i think right now it has me look up the numbers 14 million or something it's not it's not close to it's 10 day total it's at 148 million so right around 150 it's not great it's not gonna get any better from here (laughs) and (laughs) for perspective rogue one at the 10 day mark was at 286 million so almost double yikes i I think this movie with the biggest two problems for me is that it felt you know when when they announced a han solo movie i'm like i don't want that and then it was like we got phil lord and chris mark okay i might want that and then when they said okay now we have ron howard i'm like i know exactly what this movie is going to be and that's what that's what it is you know and i but i feel like if they just is if it it just felt like i need like one extra script rewrite just to get a little bit funnier or wittier or something it just felt like very bland in a way so without getting into spoilers i want to talk a little bit about this idea of what could have been yeah because every time i thought when I was referring to like the movie springing to life, mm-hmm. my brain immediately jumps to, Oh, this is a leftover from the yeah. Lord and Miller shoots. Yeah. That is not necessarily the case. We don't know. We don't. Yeah. I would love to find out the background we, on this movie. We man. wouldn't, we will never know. And honestly, yeah. I, I think a deep documentary about the making yeah. of this movie <laughs> would be a better movie than, <laughs> than what Ponsa, we got. I agree. Yeah. Um, but 
like I just get the feeling that Lord and Miller had a vision for this movie for it to be something really eccentric yeah. and wild and over the top crazy shit because looking at the script on its own it's such a derivative hero's origin yeah. like journey origin that it could almost have been like a parody of origin stories uh, yeah I can, yeah yeah I like a self-aware origin movie that cool that would have been amazing <laughs> been in the movie. hands of lord and miller a movie yeah. that is constantly referencing how like how much of a of a brand it is how much yeah. of a product it is that would have been great and I, I think some oh sorry go on hunter oh uh no one thing that i was gonna say is what i think is funny about that is that before solo came out before they even started shooting it the people started like talking about the script and people were saying that this was the best script for any star wars movie ever written it was I written by the Kazan really father and son. I think that's great decent, ideas. but at the same time, it's like seems solid. Pretty, it's pretty standard though. Yeah, it's not yeah. like it's anything like that fucking abstract. It's hero's journey shit, and like I feel like we're gonna talk about some of the specifics um, in spoilers. But there's certain jokes which are fucking horrendous the way that they're delivered. Oh, yeah. But I feel like if Lord and Miller were directing it, if the way that they would have presented it to you would have been like a joke. Like, yeah. this all happened early in the movie, and I just want to talk about it now. So, um, they talk about how Solo gets his last name of Solo nope. in arguably the worst line in a Star Wars movie. It's yeah. up there with a hate sand. It's coarse and gets everywhere. It's up there with that. <laughs> it's a bad moment. For him saying, <laughs> just like, uh, Han, Han, who are your people? <laughs> I have no people. Han, Han, Solo. And he really drags that. He's like, Han... Solo. And the music <laughs> swells. I literally had people I in my theater clap. And oh, I God. I almost walked out. Like I'm my, not going to lie. I considered head, walking out. My head was point. in my hands. My face was just in my hands. I rolled my eyes. I was like, I, this is not the kind of thing I want. I will say, I think you guys are not going to agree with me on this one, but um, I, I actually thought that Alden... Aaron Reich was was pretty good. I I did not. I thought he was actually better than some people are giving him credit. But like, yeah, he was. I'm struggling here. You know, I thought he was fine. You know, <laughs> I mean, I think he sometimes more than Tunnel Glover. I think he was doing a thing where he was just playing the character rather than copying the other actor. Yeah, I was you're kinda, right. Yeah, I was kind of shocked by actually how much Donald Glover at times was just doing the Billy D. Williams mm-hmm. voice rather than doing his own thing. I kind of. I didn't think Donald Glover was that great, which is you not know, something I, I say a lot ever. <laughs> I uh, it took me a while to get into what he was doing. Yeah. The first like two or three scenes of him, mm-hmm. I was not vibing at all. <laughs> but eventually, yeah. by the end of the movie, I was like, you know what? I buy this. Yeah, he made a choice, and it <laughs> works for the most part. Mm-hmm. And I think that I, you know, <sighs> go someone who goes into this movie and doesn't know about the backstage drama. Yeah, will perceive it in a completely different way of the way we we're perceiving yeah. it because watching this movie I was constantly trying to imagine mm-hmm. what they possibly left in from those shoots because there's so many scenes that just feel like 
they were on a fucking time crunch to to film it's Ron Howard man and he they were like they out. were like yo like that's fine like <laughs> yeah. cut let's, let's yeah. move on yeah. to the next thing everything with Paul Bettany specifically he's in Paul one Bet- room he, yeah. he does and he makes a choice with his character yeah. hello I actually ah, I really like he's Paul fun. Bettany in the movie he, I actually like him in this movie more he's than great. I liked him as Vision in oh Infinity yeah War. of course because he does more he makes a fucking choice well, and, also, and I buy it I'm but. kind of annoyed because Paul Bettany they, they originally that role was filmed with uh, Michael K. Williams. Yeah. You know? And, and a he's heavy CGI like, he's like, a, like a lion man or some yeah. shit. And I, I was like, I want to watch that. And it just, it, that part feels weird. There, there's like one moment early on that like, uh, Alden Eirich and what if, how if I can say that? What's the, um, what's the actress's name? Kira. Kira. Yeah, Amelia Clark. Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. They, there was another nice moment they were vibing like, uh, when they were trying to get their, um, they trying to get through customs basically. And the lady's like, identification please. And then like, all in Ireland, like, uh, we don't, he said, he's just like, uh, well, guess what? We don't have it. And like a very, that moment was like, okay, I actually think that you might be able to pull off this role, but like, I wish you had a better movie around that. Yeah. yeah. I thought, um, let's just kind of go through the cast before we get into the plot and spoilers. Yeah. I all thought, uh, plot. Alden Eichrey, uh, Alden, <laughs> Alden third, right. Aldridge. Aldrich. Alden alt, right. Eldrick Killian. <laughs> Iron Man three. <laughs> I'll just call him Alden. Alden, um, yeah. We're on a first name basis. Han. <laughs> Me and Alda. He, uh, he, his performance was a nice blend of Harrison Ford and his own choice. Yeah. I think he wasn't completely doing his own character, but he also wasn't doing an impression. Mm-hmm. So there were moments where like it teetered more on one side than the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that for the most part, I bought him as the character, yeah. even though it's not exactly the same thing as Harrison and, Ford. And considering the rumors about him needing acting, acting coach. coaches, well, yeah. apparently I heard that just because like they, apparently it just it worked very well for him. It's just like a nice thing that yeah. worked. Yeah, like considering how badly how bad it seemed like on this on and behind the scenes, I thought he did a lot with uh, what he was given. Well, a lot of the drama surrounding the firing of Lord and Miller was around how they were allowing too much yeah. improvisation, which yeah. is probably not a good process for Alden. You know, he's probably like, well, kind of I like mean, a classically trained. Well, actor. no, because he worked on Hail Caesar. I know Hail Caesar the had Coen a brothers bit of like improv, improv, improv and yeah. stuff in it. Huh. So like, okay. I feel like he was doing some of that like that, some stuff like that, but they probably just got a little bit too like meta and comical mm-hmm. for the humor All, that they wanted what, for it. What, so. what I had read or listened to in a podcast, a lot of we were all like discussing like the myths and legends of what happened to Behind the scenes, but uh, that um, basically Lawrence Kasdan, you know, the one of the writers, you know, he was just not into their irreverence. Yeah, of his, yeah, because they weren't following. Avery his, came out and yeah. they, they thought that it was like the best script ever for a Star Wars movie, and then they're kind of like poking fun at the script, yeah. and they probably like it rubbed him the wrong way. Kasdan's been working with Star Wars for ever. fucking decades. He, he wrote yeah. Empire yeah. and Jedi. Um, I'm gonna push back a little bit on your Alden takes. I actually, for a movie called Solo, I found Han Solo to be the least interesting thing in this entire movie. Shots yeah, fired. I just <laughs> doesn't mean he's bad though. Like I, you're no, not wrong. He's but. passable, but like I like he wasn't horrendous anytime he was on the screen. But I just didn't care about anything. Yeah, Chewbacca like, was better. <laughs> che- Chewie had better scenes, um, but like. There's, I'll wait to get into plot stuff whenever we get actually into spoilers, but the beginning of this movie starts with him trying to get back to his girl, Kira, on this planet, Stupid. and it's just like, it's, everything about this, I just, I feel like where this movie was best was whenever it wasn't trying to be a Star Wars movie, and then every, like, 20 minutes, I had to remind you, like, hey, 
here's the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Here's this thing that you remember from your past. Oh, here's another lingering shot of the dice that mean it's, absolutely fucking nothing. The dice is really confusing it, to me. It's just, just not what I want. It's literally, it's just fucking member berries. It's it just is. like, that's all that this movie is, is. I don't even membering. remember the dice from New Hope. I remember them from Last Jedi. It's supposed to be quote unquote Easter eggs, but there are way too many shots of the dice. So you're like, I, and there's so I, you wait for them to have some kind of meaning, and then they don't and, ever. And there's so many moments in the movie where it's 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 assuming like you get this big emotional swelling. For, uh, that's not weird. This big emotional like reaction to uh, you know like you know the first time you see the Millennium Falcon. Like, don't you want to see when they all meet the first time? And I'm like, no, it's this boring. I don't yeah. like this. Yeah. Is, not this is like less than what I imagined in my mind. That's the problem with prequels, you know. Um, I personally loved uh, Donald Glover in this movie. I really liked the choice that he did. He just like he he radiated swagger that same way that Billy D. Williams did in yeah. like the old trilogy. And like for that, I really liked his choice they made for Lando. And another huge highlight for me was Phoebe Waller Bridge. Um, we'll get exactly mm. into the problematic nature of her arc that she goes on and Ooh, where exactly that fits into <laughs> this thing but I loved her as L3 as the robot she also it, that one was her. also that took me a little it. while to get into I, I enjoyed her um, again we'll kind of get into the specifics of her arc and what exactly well, I, that I was, means, thinking, but, I was thinking you were talking about Tandy Newton for a second yeah, no, I oh no Tandy Newton yeah. is I'd say pretty much nobody is really underutilized in this movie except for Tandy Newton. Tandy Newton shows up and you're like, oh, sweet, it's Tandy Newton. And then she's not in the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do think uh, Woody Harrelson is the MVP of this movie. He's yeah. good. Yeah. He's doing his thing. I think Solid he, actor. You know? Say what you will about like three billboards or whatever. Uh, he is, He's still good at three billboards. He's always good. Yeah, he's, I think he's literally he's always fucking great, and I know that you're a Planet of the Apes fuck yes, boy. Yes, I like am. Me. <laughs> <And> <laughs> That's right, the Colonel, dude. <laughs> it's good stuff. Very few actors could stand toe to toe with uh, Caesar, Andy Serkis, yeah. in in that. No, he's great. There's nothing I've disliked Woody Harrelson in. I just can't I think, think of anything. He's doing really well in this movie. Yeah. You know, uh, um, the bulk of the stuff in the second half of the movie is probably all reshoots for him, and he is still selling it yeah he's, he's still work. Get, yeah like half the other actors are like bored and confused yeah. and I, I won't get in, i don't get into spoilers but I, I do like where his character goes in this movie as a reflection of kind of the ending with han and luke in a new hope mm-hmm. if you get what i will we'll get the spoilers he, later but you know what's the, his character's name woody harrison tobias beckett tobias i don't beckett. Know, I know that but he, um, <laughs> he is i think the most crucial part of this story yeah. because he's kind of like the role model that Han wants to aspire to yeah. and he really like you see who Han is picturing himself to be yeah. when he's being this like smug mm-hmm. fucking snarky guy <laughs> and cocksure yeah, yeah because in this movie Han Solo is constantly um, being like a uh, yeah, like he's trying to work his way from the bottom, like yeah, speak yeah. his way from the bottom of the totem pole. Fake it till you make it. Yeah, and yeah. like people, the, the most of the first interactions we see with him and Beckett, mm-hmm. Beckett's like, "Who the fuck are <laughs> he's you?" Like, like bye, man, up. get out of here. And but, but it does not work this, on him at all. You see this inkling of Han, like hoping to be that guy that yeah. is like calling the shots. I thought John Favreau was. Good, you know. I yeah, completely little... forgot about. Rio. <laughs> I know. I just remembered that John Favreau's in the movie while we were talking. Like, oh yeah, yeah. John Favreau's in this. So, 
this is fine. going back to the Lord and Miller thing. I think that that whole train high sequence yeah. is very, very Lord and Miller. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's one of the best scenes in the movie. I agree. And the mo- that, that whole sequence has some of the best, like, adrenaline moments and mm-hmm. just effective directing action, all that. And then the rest of the movie kind of, like, fails to live up to that. Unless you guys disagree, no, I, I wasn't as big on the train heist thing. I thought that the potential, Jesus, Anubis. I honestly thought the potential <laughs> was there because that scene was in the trailer, and I was kind of looking forward to it. And it came early in the movie, so I was like, "Oh, sweet, here we go. We're getting started, getting the ball rolling early yeah. with a good set piece." And the design of it was cool, but I don't know if it was the way that it was shot or something that I just kind of I wanted maybe like. A good like one take or something like while they're yeah. on that like just something that really like shows the action and makes you feel more in it because this was also like might have been there might have been some reshoots and stuff here but it was a little bit choppy at points whenever they're doing this set piece you like, could say that about a lot of the movie yeah. this movie oh yes. it feels choppy. yeah it is it's, it's kind of edited choppy. to shreds there's a yeah. there's a really awkward jarring transition right after they get rescued from the mud planet you know like they 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 hitch a ride and like the next scene is like. Han and Chewie after the shower Han and Chewie are like outside talking and like uh, Han's just like dumping exposition like they told us we can do this so we stay with them to pull this off to do this I'm like we well, couldn't have shown us that scene you gotta like relay it to Ch- it just it felt like a, uh, um, a big an- shortcut another thing I wanted to say is this movie feels so long like really? I remember while watching this movie um, cause it's what it's like 220 or yeah, so yeah, it's, long it's, shit. it's pretty long for a Star Wars movie it's not quite Last Jedi long but like Last Jedi I felt the length a little bit yeah this movie I like spent the last act like it almost took away from my enjoyment of the last act just cause I was like I just want this movie to end already. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm, uh, this movie's fine. It's not going to elevate itself in the last 15 minutes. I already know that, so I just want it to end already. I, I think it I think it fundamentally falls apart in the last 10 minutes uh, with that yep, character we're gonna, reveal. We're going to talk about that which, in spoilers. Let's, that, let's, just do, let's just do final non-spoiler final thoughts Final thoughts and, and grades. Yeah. I, I uh, enjoyed it. I really did not dislike this movie. There are movies I've hated a lot more than this one i think it's just his biggest problem is that like it just doesn't really do anything to stand out from the pack and it just it feels like it's it's trying to do too much in a movie like it's it's han solo and chewy and you know the 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 uh woody harrison's character and donald glover and william falcon like showing up and the kessel run and uh what we find out about with the the evil gangsters and you also got the the marauders and you also like it just it felt like they're trying to do too much in one movie i feel like it should have been ben han and chewy on a space adventure, they don't fucking have like. Don't I'll, have big I'll, stakes. Just have it be like just a good yeah. like space heist. Movie. I'll, yeah. I'll echo that and mm-hmm. I'll say that you know if you look at this from the point of just being a story about some guy stealing some shit in yeah. the Star Wars universe, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the fact that you're not dealing with like saving the galaxy. Yeah, I love. I love and that. I really. I actually. I'll give it credit until that one fucking moment. I love. There was no reference to the goddamn force or yeah. fucking lightsabers. It's just like space people. Yep. And then and that then one it, part happens. I'm just like no. But then, but then <laughs> yeah. you know Han, yeah. uh, or this being a Han Solo movie kind of ruins it. But you, 
you know, you get those good moments with Chewie and with Lando. Mm-hmm. So it's like this these familiar characters that you know, but this almost would have been better if it had just been some dude stealing some shit. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Why was this a Han Solo? Yeah, right. You know? Because just, they got to get butts and seats. Of course, yep. yeah. Obviously, yeah. they didn't get as <laughs> yeah. many as they hoped. <laughs> but, um, you know, to, to kind of wrap up my thoughts, I, I think that I, I agree with everything you just said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll add that the way this movie starts, it sets it up as a love story. Mm-hmm. So I would have really have uh, w- would have appreciated if the Kira character was more fleshed out because yeah. she did, she's she's really good but she doesn't really get to do anything. Oh, I thought yeah. she was the definition of passable. I yeah, like, she, you are fine. In this well, role. I, yeah, I think I think she you know she does a good job in the performance, but the character is just not very well written. Yeah, yeah, I agree. With and that. Um, you know where she ends up is very interesting, and it could lead to her being an actually. <laughs> actually interesting yeah, character yeah but i would have really loved if we cared about this love story and mm-hmm. if we saw han really struggle to 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 be reunited with his lost love and to feel true heartbreak to make him this disaffected like smug yeah. uh, outlaw the, the that movie, would have been great yeah it kind of maybe kind of felt like it was like hit like it was fast forward like 1.5 like just moving a little bit faster than it should mm-hmm. be you know you would just pass all these scenes and, and yet it would still like felt long <laughs> i know <laughs> that's that's time. the worst part that's yeah all right you're up um yeah i mean i'm kind of you guys already kind of said summed up everything with this movie i thought that was perfectly like it was fine and nothing more than that um you if I was to rank it, I'd give it. I think I'd give it a six out of ten. Yeah, I'm, I'm about there too. Um, Maybe a little more. Maybe I, like I'd, a seven. I'd say it's like a gentleman seven. A C- gentleman C-, seven. C minus. You know. I'd give it like I honestly. I was trying to think about it in the context of Star Wars. I'd put this right around with Rogue One. Um, I think that both Rogue One and this movie are worse than uh, Revenge of the Sith. Actually, there's a little bit of a hot take. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith, That's it's very, very melodramatic, but I kind of love it for that. I love how like sad it is. And like <laughs> this, it's kind of the culmination of two shitty movies that came together <laughs> to make one pretty good movie. It was all movie. worth it. And right? it was worth it in the end. I, I, so you, I, yeah, I, you were the chosen one! <laughs> the high ground. I, thought, I mean, I thought Rogue One was, uh, was fine. I kind of like it because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fond of it because it's just a, such a fucking mess. I'm just kinda like, I, I like, it's like a dog with like that's really a bad description. <laughs> it's like a dog with three legs. You like it because of its faults, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I went with it. <laughs> you know, I you know? I think that Solo is way more fucked, like messy than Rogue One. Like Rogue One is like they kind of made a more competent movie, mm-hmm. but it's they're both like, really forgettable well, I, I think, but i think i'd rather watch solo okay, than rogue I th- one i think rogue one is structurally super messy i think so i think solo is just solid well yes and unimpressive i i do agree rogue with one's rogue, a mess which rogue i like one, about it they but. go to like eight different planets in 20 minutes and you're like where <laughs> am i right yeah. now it's also with characters that are nobody and they yeah spoiler they all fucking die yeah, yeah. i don't know i almost kind of like that about it though. i would rather I like watch part, i would yeah. rather watch the third act of rogue one over solo I just rather, watch the third act of rogue one i don't probably just watch that uh, neither <laughs> well okay yeah i'll pop yeah. in my attack of the clones all dvd right. and <laughs> i actually rewatched that movie recently with my buddy did you uh, why yourself well we tried to do like a drinking game out of it and we, we made it like two-thirds then you just can't you cannot you, can, you, you can't finish you died it. and then you had to go to the hospital and get there, your stomach pumped there is one awful moment in attack of the clones that i f- forgot about or the fuck the movie's called it's um when they're 
chasing the the shapeshifter in the can in the cantina on Coruscant and shit. And um, like Obi Wan oh looks God. at Obi Wan looks Obi Wan looks at Anakin and just goes, "You're gonna be the death of me." I'm like, "Fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, <laughs> fuck you!" Like we were. Just, oh my God. Yeah, the game was like we got to drink every time a scene doesn't work the way they intended. <laughs> like, and if, like if you they, if you didn't give the res, if you didn't get the if they, if they didn't get the response that they wanted from you from the scene. Yeah, take a drink. So it's goddamn. God I, I I think that might... happens so much in solo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, actually, yeah, yeah. 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 Attack so let... of the Clones is definitely the worst Star Wars yeah. movie. It's worse than easily. Phantom Menace. Oh, easily. Let's get into the plot. So, spoiler alert for Star Wars: A Solo Story. Before you yeah. go and spend your money on Solo, go see Tully instead. Yeah, Tully's a great movie. Go, go see Tully. Tully instead. Go wait and go see Hereditary next week instead. The, the, Won't You Be My Neighbor? The, Won't You Be My Neighbor is coming out. The Tale is on HBO with Laura Dern. Very good movie. Just yeah. a nice little... Just stay at home and watch The Office and don't get <laughs> Honestly, I'll say... Do your taxes. If, like. you, if you like these Star Wars movies, if you enjoy them as the you know yeah. product that they are, this is going to be entertaining. You know, If you're maybe the type of person that is looking for a little bit more in these movies and appreciated the subversion of the last Jedi and all of the, you know, non, uh, unexpected, yeah. yeah, All the unexpected things that that movie that you're not going to find any of that in solo. So go into this with low expectations and you'll enjoy it. I would say rent it on a, Boring day. I mean, that, it just feels like it's the first Star Wars movie that like truly feels like inessential. Yeah, like, this is you the can first just one just go get it from like Redbox or something. Yeah. There's nothing about this that feels like a big theater movie. Off mm. of that point, though, before we get into spoilers, um, I'll say that I really appreciate the fact that Disney is dismantling the uh, over like godification of Star Wars. Oh, I'm with you on that one. That, like, yeah. with with each subsequent movie, Rogue One, Last Jedi, and now this, like, yeah. it's being knocked down from this pedestal that the fan base has put it on as this, like, thing that yeah. they worship. And it's like, no, it's just movies. I'm, I'm, a, I'm Star Wars, like, agnostic. I think it, I like some of them. I don't like other. I'm kind of, like, fine with it, you know? I don't know how you guys Drew's like. going to come out on top of this hot take here in the end. <laughs> that in the end, like... Yeah, there's some good ones. There's some really bad ones. There's some okay ones. So yeah. overall, it's an okay franchise. Yeah, yeah. and he fair. was right all along. I still maintain. I, I I just feel like Star Wars is like the first main fr- first franchise where like people our age, growing up, Attack of the Clones and like the prequels, we really liked it because our parents told us it was good. Mm-hmm. And they're like, like just, no, this I know these are bad. You know, yeah. But the old ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we liked this one. We you we were your age, so now you should like it. Well, I, seven. I loved the prequels when I was a kid. Oh yeah, I mean, but you love I anything that, that moves up. when you're a kid. You know what I mean? Like I'll watch anything. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's get All into right. spoilers for Star Wars: A Solo Story, starting now. What is there to What is there to spoil? Okay, so well, I just, fucking Darth Maul. Dude. That's true. Darth Maul's in there. <laughs> Darth Maul's yeah, in there like for only Maul. No fucking reason. He's no, yeah, he's just not Maul. Darth anymore. So my my opinion on this is that uh, Disney's really banking on you watching Star Wars Rebels at yeah. this point. Yeah. Because if you if you don't keep up with that shit, you're like, um, didn't he what? die? Is he? I dead? was just yeah, because he, he has the robot legs. I'm just a nerdy n- enough fuck to know what that meant. But I'm yeah. like, I I shouldn't have to. Like, come on. And that, he has to turn his lightsaber on for you. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that part made me so angry. Where you're like, oh, right, right, right. Yeah, right. Guy. He's got a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's because whenever, you first, whenever I first saw him, I was just like, 
Okay, so I'm pretty sure that's Maul, but it could just be like another of his alien species. And then he like breaks out the double side lightsaber. It's like, oh yeah, that's yeah. right. But like, there were multiple people. Whenever I was walking out my theater, I should say I've never watched Rebels, but I did know Maul comes back and he has yes. robots. Well, he Actually, back. he came back in, in Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. Yeah. Oh, Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah. but over. he's also but, in Rebels. But like, I didn't know that. And people walking out of the theater were just like. Yeah, how did he show up? Did he <laughs> die in the first movie? And I was like, oh, See, man. See, I don't like, even... You shouldn't have to do research before yeah, going into no, a Star no. Wars movie. I, I don't hate that moment. I kind of just, like, more like just perplexed. Like, what? How the fuck did you get they here? They wanted their like, Darth what? Vader moment. Me and my brother just, like, walked away. That, what was that about? Yeah. <laughs> Why they did they wanted, do that? I, again, yeah. another moment that didn't work how they wanted. They wanted to be yeah. like, oh, my God. Is that no. Darth Maul? And you're Com- like, you're like, 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 what? Okay, so I actually have a theory. I have a theory, and I don't know if this is going to come to fruition, but I have a feeling that Solo, Obi-Wan, and the Boba Fett movie are all going to tie in together That's because cool. it's been long rumored, you know, Ewan, of course, is coming back to re- revive Or he fucking better. He fucking we better. Need, I swear to God, I can't deal with somebody recast. Nope. Like, Ewan McGregor is the perfect Obi-Wan Kenobi. He right is the age. redeeming quality of the prequels. Yeah, yeah, um, he's really good. But it's been long rumored that it, the Obi-Wan movie is going to take place on Tatooine for the most part with him like hiding out, kind of monitoring Luke, and that he's actually going to encounter uh, Darth Maul. Well, on that's, this well that's the problem, because I don't know if you know, that's but from it. the cartoon, that well, that well that's another weird thing, because in the if this they've said basically we're taking it from the cartoon. In the cartoon, spoilers... He gets killed in the cartoon by Obi Wan. Yeah, sorry to spoil that, but yeah, he dies. Yeah, so so the story's done. It's not like he has anywhere else to go. If they're gonna adapt the fucking cartoon, it's just so weird. It doesn't make any sense. You to know, me. that's that's the 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 wall that these movies yeah. are running into is um with the with the Last Jedi. It's this whole idea of like undiscovered territory and like anything is possible yeah. because with these movies, Star Wars is defined by every new movie. It's not like Marvel that they have a mm-hmm. whole mine of right. comics to be that, to base themselves yeah, yeah. on. It's so all... it's like every time a new movie comes out, like that's defining the story. Mm-hmm. But when they go back and do a prequel, it's like this they they're not pulling from a whole library of books yeah. and comics. They're pulling from like little scenes and bits yeah. from the other previous and movies so that feel the need to fill in the gaps it's and so it's like <laughs> why do we need a movie for this yeah. just make a fucking comic book yeah, about exactly. it or yeah, yeah, a TV yeah. show the biggest piece of irony to me is that we had a movie six months ago that said kill the past like kill the yep, past go yep. make your own life <laughs> make your own future and then six months later we have a movie it's like hey man remember the past that was cool right yeah, remember yeah. Han Solo remember these fun adventures although this movie does have a little bit of new thing which we should get into which is the robot rebellion oh right which yeah, recontextualizes yeah, yeah. everything we oh, know yeah. about droids yeah. <laughs> in Slave the droids. universe <laughs> so now every time i rewatch these movies and i see r2d2 plug himself into an outlet <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna be very uncomfortable yeah so okay Bummer. so a couple of things about this first of all we have seen slave robots before in phantom menace actually when like somebody's uh like, Obi-Wan says something to Qui-Gon Jinn, like, hey, you know, shouldn't we, like, help save these, uh, like, droid slaves? And he's like, that's not a, that's not a fight. <laughs> he says, like, something like that. Like, he's trying... So, we have seen robots as slaves before, but you get this whole idea of them just being, like, controlled by this little, like, thing, and then you just pull that off of them, and now they're, they're like, free. sentient beings. 
and what that means to the context of this entire franchise. <laughs> like, I don't think that they thought through all that. I think they thought no. of it as just like a good, funny thing. But if they're trying to make that canon thing, like, are C-3PO and R2-D2, are they like slaves? Are they doing this out of their own independent free will? See, now, now that, all of the, what's an L2-23, that felt like a like a Phil Lord, Chris Miller thing. I think yeah. that's got to be mm-hmm. where that came from. But like, also, okay, so they take them off, they take these little like, mind control things off of like the trash robot thing and the trash <laughs> robots like going crazy stomping around yeah. so that means just like all of these droids are just being like controlled all across the universe like that i this just doesn't and make I don't, sense i don't want to wanna, I, I don't really want to ask these questions with fucking star wars like I, I just you guys are yeah you guys do not think this through at all you know what i mean like although yeah. now it, all the robots that, are that does lead to a good moment in the movie, a moment that really worked for me, which mm-hmm. is when L3 dies. Yeah. And Donald Glover's acting yeah. is like, that moment is like the best acting in the whole movie. I did love, I, I thought that it, it was, sold it. Yeah, yeah. I thought that it was really funny though, that we spent more time on L3 dying than we did on when Tandy Newton died. <laughs> yeah. Like they spent like, over double the amount of time <laughs> mourning L3, this robot who he probably fucks, versus like <laughs> Woody Harrelson's love of his life and Tandy Newton. Probably no, about that. Uh, he definitely <laughs> I'm pretty does. Sure they fuck. Quote unquote pansexual Lando yeah, Calrissian sure. at it again. And then, but like one of the things is is that they could have saved uh, L3's life technically, but they had to plug her into the system. So now. The She's Millennium a slave Falcon forever. is yeah. Now the, her whole thing <laughs> was slave. about her whole thing was about her like being free and sentient and all this stuff. And now she's, she's part of the Millennium Falcon. Hey, she we, is a slave. We need a ride. Do you, I need to take your brain and put it into the, the car? Like <laughs> what? Are you kidding? Like what is the message of this story I, that it's trying to say? I also think it's worth mentioning that between uh, Tandy Newton being killed almost immediately and uh, Michael K. Williams being replaced by fucking Paul Bettany, that yeah. there's just some really unfortunate it's just an unfortunate look considering like how this yep. how that maybe approaches race which yeah. not, doesn't really but it's like they could have put anyone in yeah. there you kill yeah. you kill your one you kill your one black character and then you take out another one from the movie yeah i thought too, i thought Sandy newton was good and yeah, she was um good. she did say that all of her pretty much all of her scenes were with lord miller she didn't have to do that any was interesting reshoots. yeah so that that got my brain thinking about that train heist sequence which i thought for the most part worked really well i mean this movie is full of action it's yeah. like pretty much like breathless action to the point where you get very little character beats and <laughs> yeah you know that train heist stood out as like probably the best one i did like the concept of the kessel run with the um yeah. the squid monster thing uh, but it wasn't executed well it was empire strikes back i echo i echo hunters <laughs> just uh, yeah, it, it's a cool idea. It's a, and that's the thing about this yeah. movie. It's full of cool ideas, but really none of them are realized. And then, no. but the Squid Monster thing—they're just like, hey, let's redo the same thing that we did in Empire Strikes Back, but make it much worse and yeah. much more convoluted yeah. with like a black hole, a black hole sun yeah. thing, like and some just, Soundgarden. You know, and, I, <laughs> I just yeah, I, I don't feel like we needed to see the goddamn Kessel Run. I'm so I just feel like some things may should be left to like our imagination. Yeah, exactly. It's just like. Fucking it, it, well, it was it was Han just that line in, yeah. in New Hope is Han just trying to be pompous. And yeah, talk himself like, I don't up. need a whole. You're fucking, not supposed to you know, know what he means. When he's like, I'm in twelve parsecs. Yeah. Like you're just like, okay. He's just trying to. Oh brag my god, it. parsecs are used to yeah. are a unit of distance, not time. It makes, guys. it makes the world feel smaller in a way, you know, because you're just you're linking up all of the things like that. There's no room for imagination. One thing I I did like before I forget is that I, I did dig how. 
Beckett stabbing Han Solo in the back is basically, you know, like, like he leaves and like, oh, he's going to come back and help out the crew, but he just betrays them. I kind of like how that like shades Han Solo actually coming back to help Luke Skywalker in the, uh, the first movie. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. Yeah. I, I really, I mean, obviously that's another shoehorned reference with Han shooting first, Yeah, but as an overall cool. arc for the character, <laughs> it, it makes sense that, you know, he just flat out kills this mentor. And yeah. I, I was hoping for a little bit more emotion right there. Like this is this is one of the things I'm talking about this movie that like it's it really lacks emotion. Yeah. And when you have this father figure, this mentor figure mm-hmm. being gunned down by his own like protege. Pro yeah, yeah. protege. Um it should hold more emotional resonance and it just doesn't. And I, there's very little in the movie yeah, that does. I think the script just needs some kind of rear just be a little bit better for lack of a better term like to somehow make these things land or spend more time with them just make us care more but instead it's the fucking Kessel run yeah. yeah there were there were two moments in the movie that I did like really love um, one of them is whenever Han first signs up in to join the Empire and he's like on the ground with the troops and everything yeah, yeah, yeah. and it looks like you're watching like a fucking World War One movie where they're in <laughs> yeah. the trenches and everything yeah. shooting laser rifles I thought that shit looked amazing like that was what it I was. wanted that's why I wanted Rogue One to be for I like am. its entire length of it I agree. was just this very gritty muddy grimy war scene and it only goes on for like a couple minutes but I thought that was some of my favorite part in the entire movie. Also, um, I wish they hadn't just skipped over the three years of him in yeah. in, in the flight academy. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to see that. Probably yeah, right. him I know. being like kicked out of the flight academy. That seems like it's more interesting yeah. than. Uh, oh my god! And then this leads to <laughs> him meeting Chewie, which I thought that scene of them meeting was. I actually really like that. Scene. It was cool, except for Han trying to speak oh, Wookiee. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was stupid. Yeah. But then, whenever right before the train scene happens, he uh, the another god-awful line in this movie is when they're like sitting there he's just like so Chewbacca huh that's oh, your name that oh well mine. that's way too long I, this three-syllable name is too long so I'm gonna call you a two-syllable name instead <laughs> I, I, I thought that was far worse than the Han Solo line I'm like that part with Chewie I'm just like fuck you that's baby. not how nicknames work you don't just say <laughs> hey I'm gonna call you something <laughs> I need to not say three syllables oh, right now going back to the the first meeting of them yeah. you know of course, the Han Solo origin story is going to have the initial meeting that. with Chewbacca. And yeah. of all of the obligatory, you know, moments that this movie has mm-hmm. to just go through and, and check these boxes, I think that one worked the best. I agree. It didn't um, feel obligatory. It was it the one nice. moment where the weird blue tint cinematography really looked yeah. beautiful. And just the way you're introduced to Chewie, you hear mm-hmm. the, you you hear them say that they're it's the, there's this beast, yeah, the beast, and you're like, yeah. oh, okay, there's a beast, and then you see the shot of him yeah. with the fur, the muddy fur, yeah. and you're like, that looks like a suit, that doesn't look like CGI, <laughs> and then you see the foot, and you're like, yep. oh, uh, it's Chewie. Okay, see, I think that's okay. I think that's one of those moments that felt like they were really pops, you know, that's like one of those really good scenes. That yeah, it was well paced. It. Yeah, it, it was well directed. It worked. And then <laughs> it you, didn't if suck. you if you think if you really pick it apart it, yeah. it makes sense because even though all they really had to do was break this rickety pole han had the escape ship 
And yeah. that's really what Chewie owes to him yeah, is that he promised the, an escape. Is that the ass. life debt that yeah, the, yeah, they always the talk debt. about? There's like a it's got to be. It's I'm be. glad they didn't yes. like hammer that home really hard. I'm glad Chewie like, owe you a life debt. <laughs> Chewie's like, you're welcome. A life debt. Because I'm surprised they could have done that. That's like one of those moments of like restraint that they do not do in the rest of the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's a there's a nice moment at the end during that Kessel shootout where mm-hmm. um, Chewie, you know, rescues his his fellow Wookiees mm-hmm. from enslavement and he has to say goodbye to them because yeah. he wants to help his new friend. That was yeah. And you and you buy it. Like everything about that shootout scene worked mm-hmm. really well for me because it was like the movie got really dramatic all of a sudden and I I was just on board yeah, for it. I was yeah. like, I'm here. I, for I this. think the Kessel breakout is the best uh, part of the movie. I think no. it's the strongest. What would this movie be like if you had cut out, you know, well love for Mila Clark, if you cut out the romance angle and just had it be about Chewie and Han trying to steal some shit. And then meeting like Lando somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. Well, going to that, just kind of yeah, yeah. picking back off of that right now. Um, what did you guys think of the Sabacc scenes? That was, that was cool. I liked it. I it, there was a weird bromance like some oh, like oh, yeah. That, yeah that was stuff. definitely well, he called coming, me okay. adorable coming off up. of the shower sequence which we all <laughs> we all needed to know yeah we needed that if, that felt um, like a Phil Lord thing man I was so, I was okay with that um, we finally saw them shower together uh, so it's so confirmed. I was I was actually kind of a little bit bummed out by the Sabak scenes because yeah. it shot. Like it's like there's so many classic poker scenes. I love poker movies. Like okay. I love a good poker movie. Yeah. But part of the context of a poker movie is you have to know how the game works that they're playing. There's always at least a little bit of an explanation of just like, yeah. oh, I gotta do this thing, this thing, and then I'll win this thing. And like, there's no explanation. Of there's no explanation yeah. at all. You see that Lando has this like Trump green card, but that means absolutely nothing to you. <laughs> he's got a so green you're watching card. it and you're like, he's just like, oh, I've never played this game before. Yeah. What did I do pretty good? And then he just wins everything and it's like it's there's no context at all he's the most mary sue character of all yeah he is he really is a fucking mary sue he really is man and you know he's like i've never driven this whole play thing before i guess you could say the same thing about the actual heist aspect of the movie because this this isn't an actual heist movie because no, in a heist movie you get the explanation as to how they're actually going to pull this off yeah and you're invested in the plan in this movie you don't really know what the plan is and you don't really care so maybe what you're saying is if it wasn't about the romance it would be yeah. more about the actual heist and or make it more about the romance, but that doesn't feel completely true to. That's Han what Solo. I. That's what yeah. I wanted. Yeah. I wanted something. If you're going to do an origin story, yeah. show us how Han gets to be the person he is at the beginning of A New Hope. Yeah, and give him, put him through heartbreak, put him through like okay, losing, yeah. Yeah, right. having that's to fair. kill yeah, his yeah. mentor, yeah. having to be betrayed by the woman he loves. But from we his don't childhood. get that at all because based on the end of the movie, he helps the rebels. Which is something that he would never do in the beginning of a yeah. new hope. He's, oh, that he's part adamant against too. doing it. Which, okay, so whenever you that first see hurt. the rebels, uh, these like bandit dudes, I love their fucking look. They I thought that they looked so yeah. cool. What the is that and everything? Name? Like infant nests or yeah, infant nests. Infant yeah. nests. There, right, um, there you go. That's like the name of the cool group name. or whatever. And like, I thought that, that was actually kind of a cool reveal that these aren't just like marauders; that they're actually like working for the rebels and all this kind yeah. of stuff. I thought that that was interesting. And I like that Han helps them out, and that's. A New Hope, he's just like, oh, no, I'm not getting in the middle of a war here. Like, he's always against it. But 
hey, when he's younger, he was like totally willing to help out yeah, with the, the rebels. Prequel problem. Yeah. yeah, it just like there's multiple things where like it doesn't add up. So obviously, with Darth Maul being <laughs> let thrown out there with Amelia Clark, with all these other things that like opens up the door that obviously they have to make more filler movies in between now and then because. The end, the Han that we see at the end of the movie, he's like a happy guy. He's like very optimistic yeah. in the world. And we, I was hoping by the end of this movie, we'd see him as a cynical asshole because that's Guess where a new hope is. is. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, the funniest part, I'm actually really agreeing with you more with this podcast after, after talking is like everything when you say it out loud, this movie sounds awesome. And then when you actually see those moments play out on the screen, it's like, ah, this just is not engaging in the least, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm a bummer. It's 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 full of great concepts. It like is. this, the whole story as a whole, it, it you know, it's crammed. Yeah, it's full of like weird subplots and shit. But it feels like it could have been this different type of thing yeah. from all of the other Star Wars this movies. One, this one stings, man. And it it just it's just done. They just kind of did it. They're like, let's just <laughs> make a it. movie and put it out and fuck it. Like, Ron, Ron Howard, whatever. man. Ron Film Howard. it and, like, and whatever. I yeah. don't understand. Like, they knew they had all of these things going on behind the scenes and they never, they all they had to do was just delay it until December. But they it couldn't afford that because of the Denny's menu. That's true. You they can't fucking Denny's menu. <laughs> they, had to, they had a timeline. They had a deadline. <laughs> okay. it, was, it was D-Day. It's on no, the so, Yeah. D, yeah. The real reason why it didn't <laughs> right, come out in December is curious. because Disney has Mary Poppins coming out in December. Oh, uh, shit. But I don't know why they couldn't have done Mary Poppins at, let's say, Christmas time and then put out solo Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. yeah. Let yeah. them breathe for a month apart. I, like, that's what they should have done I think we should. is just kind of move everything around. Give them more time to edit this together into a more cohesive movie. Yeah. Maybe not rush through having to do all of these reshoots and kind of take your time with don't it a little bit more. Don't fire Lord and Miller. Don't fire Lord and Miller. Just give them yeah. a stern also, talking In that case, <laughs> maybe it should have came out like in December instead of The Last Jedi. We would have just gotten just the Lord and Miller. I, I really like... Um, I kind of like these movies at Christmas time too. Maybe just keep them like in December. Yeah. It's like a nice. I know nice that. Yeah, I, I know the original. The original movies came out as like summer movies, yeah, big was... summer blockbusters. But I kind of like them being like almost prestige. Yeah, prestige yeah. blockbusters as in far a way. As that like goes, interesting. Yeah. yeah, like I I like that because you don't really see any other kind of blockbuster movies coming out that late in the year. Why is Why is uh, Captain Kennedy not? Why is like Lucas or whatever? Where it's not, is it still Lucasfilm or yeah? Well, Lucasfilm is now yeah, they're part, part of Disney. Why can't they handle their shit? It's kind of like the bigger I'm question kind of, here. Do you think that Kathleen Kennedy is under any heat right now? Yes, I, I just, definitely. I think that Star Wars is at a point where it can't possibly just be movies anymore. Yeah, it's a brand, and you have these Denny's menus, and you have these toys. There's so many like brand integration things happening where, with Disney spreading its fucking claws everywhere mm-hmm. that they need to keep these movies on a timetable. And I think the the way Kathleen Kennedy is approaching it is she just wants them all to have the same basic tone. aesthetic yeah. and tone she's yeah. like you know what we have to adhere to to stock to shareholders yeah. meetings and shit like let's just pump them out all under the same sort of I template. really think though it's going to be interesting to like as a retrospective like let's say 20 years from now to look at Disney's two biggest products Marvel and Star Wars and see how both of them pan out because they have right now they're going in completely different directions I know Marvel is about to reach this kind of 
peak and then we'll see what's going to happen yeah, after the end of that, yeah. phase four. But Star Wars has really been struggling. They've announced and completed what? They've made... Three, okay, so this three. is the fourth, 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 fourth movie. movie. Fourth uh, Rogue, yeah. Last yeah. Jedi, and now So Solo. this is the fourth four. movie and they've announced another three, yeah. two movies well, and then... A TV series. They're announcing all these other things. Well, but there's many... a lot of projects on the line because yeah. you have the the Benioff and Vice. You have the, oh, I forgot about the John that. Favreau, the John Favreau, and the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Yeah. The Ryan Johnson. So they've announced all these different things. And how many directors have already been fired? How many will it, be fired? Yeah. Will be yeah. fired in the future? Like it all started, of course. You know, Josh Trank got taken off Boba Fett before Fat Forstick yeah. Nightmare even Colin happened. Trevorrow. Colin Trevorrow. We I'm had... okay with Colin Trevorrow leaving though. So was I. Fucking yeah. but on the way out. Tony Gilroy basically replaced um, Gareth Edwards. Yeah, yeah. Like and then, it's and then Lord and Lord Miller. Miller. Like it's just it, going down the There's line. All count. these people. Yeah. Like it's kind of ridiculous that Kathleen Kennedy doesn't get more shit. Like I feel like she should. She is the problem. She is, is the one to blame for this. movie. She is You're not on the like, internet enough. Man. I'm kidding. They, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean. But I'm talking about yeah, internally yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the thing is these movies always have made a profit up until this point. Yeah. I've heard from reports, you can't get a solid number on it because of all the reshoots and everything, but this is apparently the most expensive Star Wars movie ever. Yeah, totally. Around like 250. It's estimated around $250 million movie just for production, not for all the marketing and shit Ooh. that's going into it, which means it was probably... Usually, marketing for a big blockbuster, it's about dub- it's yeah. about the price. Yeah. So, yeah. if it doesn't make, a so it's about five hundred million dollars for this movie. Yeah. If this movie doesn't hit that mark, then the shareholders could be looking I, around, and they could be looking for a change internally, yeah, which the, I think honestly could be for the best. I'm f- yeah, I'm really again like I don't really give too much of a shit about Star Wars, but like I, it definitely feels like the something's wrong with that ship and i think this is definitely like the biggest warning sign obviously the, they lost money on it it know? just it sucks because when they announced all these like a star wars story movies it sounded like such a cool idea that we could just give people these play boxes yeah. to go in and make all these different types of movies we could have a space western we could have a comedy like what this yeah. movie was originally meant to be it's supposed to be like just a comedy in the star wars universe we could have had all these different types of movies and instead, it's just all the same. I would love to have seen 21 Jump Street in Star Wars Universe. <laughs> that would have like been a lot fucking amazing. Like, that would have been awesome. Yeah, I would have had such I a blast with that. I still maintain Rogue One is a fucking fantastic idea. It's a great idea for a movie. It, it mean, is a good idea. Yeah. It kind of sucks so that everybody's this. just going to die at the end. <laughs> That's but, great so idea. is this, like, this, the having, like, a Western fucking heist weird yeah. comedy pseudo thing but then you put this blanket over it where it just yeah, has to be a Han scared. Solo Star Wars. Yeah, why thing. was it just not about just like some under? Why wasn't it about fucking Woody Harrelson? Exactly. Just do that. Yeah, yeah but they that. can't. Yeah, you got to get that. Solo. We're at this point where like they're not they're not willing well, to I, take risks. Lord and Miller would have. They yeah. were taking risks. Yeah, and they just got shot down. Fucking. I mean, Rogue One still is gonna make more money than Solo, and that's that's kind of crazy when you think about that. Yeah. that Rogue One right now is almost double Solo's that's money, insane, so far, which man. is wild. To yeah, me. Like, yeah, yeah. That one. That's wild. A, these movies are weird. It's a weird. It's a. It's a very odd. Pl- especially compared to like. I mean. Jesus, you know, like it or hate it, Marvel's got their system down by now. Oh, like, yeah. Just watching. I mean, they, those they movies have... They struggled, yeah. you know, yeah, Iron yeah. Man 2, Thor, Dark World. Like, yeah, yeah. Those movies, like, they have, a like, a lot of a blanket of sameness to them as well. Yeah. But, like, they still, even if they're pseudo stakes, they still have some kind of stakes that you latch onto. With Star Wars, like, I just, I don't 
care. I don't need to see an origin story for Han Solo. No. Stop making a side character the main character of a story. There's a reason why he's a side character. Yeah. Keep him a, some people are just... There's good side characters, and they don't need to have their own story. It's uh, it's why you don't fucking put uh, Less is Captain more sp- Jack Sparrow in the front of his own movie. It's yeah. a, That's why you are yeah. you are a spice to look the main at, meal. Look at the first know? the first uh, couple like really mainly the first parts of the Caribbean movie. It's is a great, great movie, and great then you movie. see like it really started, especially with the fourth one with On Stranger Tides, where it's Jack Sparrow's oh, movie. That movie's atrocious, and it's a fucking train wreck. It's atrocious. So. Yeah, I've got a hot take. I think that Star uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is better than pretty much. Any Star Wars movie. No way. The no, first Pirates? No. Do not. Yep. I will That's happily, a hot take. I will land on that. Because I just. Star Wars is fine. You know, it's, it's a really good movie. It's a great but, movie. Man. It doesn't hold up to the first two. But the two. Oh, the, I'm thinking like the new ones. Not like the. Oh, 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 oh sorry. Okay, yeah. Okay. I, I meant, I <laughs> I'd yeah, still yeah, put yeah. The Last Jedi ahead of it. It's probably. It might be like around the same thing for The Force Awakens. Both of them are yeah. good movies. Yeah. They're, I mean, yeah. Just It's a very interesting place for a major ass cor- corporate franchise to be in right now. Just kind of where the hell do they go next? I mean, I. Because these movies aren't going to get made. This fucking Denisov thing and like the re- these movies are not going like and they or do. maybe maybe don't make them hundred and fifty <laughs> two hundred million dollar yeah. productions. Maybe make a Logan. Yeah, yeah make, make, make a, make a goddamn, forty million dollar yeah. Star Wars movie. That'd be awesome. Well, from, from I heard be about, so into that. Ryan, Ryan Johnson's trilogy. He just they just gave him a trilogy. He hasn't have anything written or planned out. They're just he's just yeah. like they they have the faith in him. They're like you know what everything that you li- did with Last Jedi is going to define but, yeah. the future. Do they of this still franchise? have faith though? That's the that's, that's yeah that's the yeah. thing because they announced this trilogy before it was yeah, actually released because everybody story. internally and yeah. even critically people who saw it early. All fucking love this movie, including myself. I movie. love that movie because <laughs> they were but... paid off by Disney. So. <laughs> oh yeah, but... that's all we do is just okay. get checks from Disney. That's what we, that's all we. That's how I'm so rich, guys. Anyway. But um, between that and like now, all of like Last Jedi was not liked by a lot of people. A lot of people were just like really disliked it. I think it's one of the things that majorly like affected Solo's numbers. Yeah. Why they're not doing as well? People were deterred by the Last Jedi. I, I wonder that sometimes. What, what if we just like ask like a kid, like a seven-year-old kid? Oh, dude, like, what an, the fuck an do you think about Last Would Jedi? love Solo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, love. Well, it. I was thinking more like the context of like Last Jedi. Like, yeah, all the nerds online are mad. You know, we're some of them not in this particular context. But it's, you know, like if we just ask like, a fucking kid at, like at, at school, like what did you think of Star Wars: The Last Jedi? I don't know. I don't think he'd be like, I hated it, you know? He'd be like, yeah. it was cool. I, I just do yeah. wonder. I wonder. He'd be like, he had a lot of Akira Kurosawa vibes. <laughs> <laughs> that would be me as an eight-year-old. I, I actually heard, um, I, I, I the rumor that I heard, and it might not be, it's probably not true, but take a grain of salt, is that Colin Trevorrow uh, really wanted to bring Luke back for his his movie. Like, he, was, he really doesn't like The Last Jedi for that very reason. I'm just <laughs> like, I don't like you, Colin Trevorrow. Colin Trevorrow, go make more movies like The Book of Henry. Yeah, man. I, I still maintain that Jurassic World it's the worst movie of the last 20 years. Oh my god. I really <laughs> Jesus really Christ. Really hate Jurassic World. That one I I will I will die I will die on that hill any day. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. For that. Uh you can follow us at we bought a mic on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. Let us know what you thought of Solo and all the other things we talked about. Uh next week we're talking what? Hereditary? Hereditary. Yeah, catching up on Legion maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe Westworld. Who knows? You guys want to plug? Uh, maybe some Killing Eve. Um, so uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Hunt underscore. Actually, no, it's just Hunt Hunt. On what? On on Twitter. Oh. What did I just say? I think it's I Hunt Mobley. Is it Hunt Mobley? I, I don't know. know. God damn it! Is I that don't like is now. that like a pet name for your girlfriend? <laughs> hunt Hunt. <laughs> oh man, right, yeah. Hunt Hunt sixty nine. Um, 
We'll just we'll edit this. It's okay, fine. You- um, so I'm on Twitter on there. I'm also on Letterbox at the same thing. I've actually been playing, uh, doing a little bit of a thing where I've been going through and making my list of my favorite 10 to 20 movies of each year That's cool. up until 2010, and I'm going to make a whole list for my top movies of the decade. Woo! Hell yeah. Yep. Hell yeah. All, All right. right, what about you? And you can find me at uh, Harry J. Sayer, H-J and S are capitalized, and you can find my work at the Winter Park Maitland Observer. So nice. Thanks a lot, guys. And yeah. I am at Caldernist on all those social media, and oh, Letterboxd, too. I've been reviewing stuff on there. That's right. All of my lists are on there, too, and I would love to do a Best of the Decade, too. Uh, that sounds really tough, though. So I'll probably spend a lot of time. Yo, no, that's why I want to go through and do every year and then go through and do yeah, this yeah. decade. Spoiler, Solo's number one. Solo's number one, man. <laughs> it's been a bad decade. You know, it's, it's, it's going to be such a bummer when uh, Drew walks in with his uh, his solo merch and he just sees yeah. about the movie. Yeah. It's <laughs> After like, I eating, missed the podcast. After no! Eating every item on the Denny's menu. <laughs> He's like good. burping Pop Rocks from his <laughs> Pop Rocks pancakes. All right. Thanks oh, for man. having uh, thanks for coming on, Harry. Thanks a lot, man. Glad we to be here. We appreciate it. Always fun to be here. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Bye. Bye. See ya. All right. Calling the world from isolation. Cause right now that's the ball where we Oh